That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman DC podcast with no limits. We have uh, an amazing episode today with an amazing guest. Today we have Robin D. Cross in Canada. Yeah, hello. We got Steve Teases over in Jersey. Believe. I'm Bat Force Tom. And uh, let me just run through. These are just some of the highlights <laughs> of the projects. This is not, I want to say this is like tip of the iceberg, but this is going to be a little bit of a long intro just because you need to know the hands that have touched uh, these uh, projects. So uh, the next gentleman we're going to have on has worked on Austin Powers Gold Member, Meet the Fockers, The Nutty Professor, Men in Black 1 and 2, Godzilla, Seven, Species, Stargate, Mission Impossible, Casino Royale, Planet of the Apes, Alien vs. Predator, The Wolfman, The Hobbit, Star Trek, uh, some hero movies that you obviously like and uh, have noticed is uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Captain America Civil War, Thor, Iron Man 2, Superman Returns, Sin City, 300, Hellboy, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Aquaman. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rob Freyas. Take a second to hold your breath, man. That was a, that was a long uh, list. Yeah, man. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's not even half of it. Take a breather. I want to say it's yeah. like a third, no. not even. No, but yeah, Rob, we wanted to have you on. Back. Say, I'm sorry about that. I was just uh, saying, you know, obviously your resume is insane. And we, we've been wanting to talk to you for a bit. And um, so why don't you tell us first what you do on those kinds of films and then maybe give us a origin story of how you got started from, let's say, I mean, you got pictures of a kid. You're, you're young doing this stuff and then eventually getting to now doing it as a career. So. Yeah. Um, what I do is a technical aspect. It's called mold making. So between creating, whether these days they do sometimes with a digital 3D print or whether they use clay, there's a, you start with the form, like say an actor's head, is what he's eventually going to wear, and you make the mold. Then the print or clay is gone. So when you fill up the mold with the head, the core inside, that's how you create everything. Whether it's fake teeth, a fake nose, a cowl, muscles, you need a mold. That's where it all comes from. And so that's what I do. I make molds. And where I started was like my grandpa used to make molds, my mom's dad. And I grew up a big monster fan, you know, creatures and stuff. And then, you know, famous monsters magazine when I learned in like the late 70s, early 80s, that that's how they made monsters. They made molds. And, you know, American World in London and uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Those movies are huge. You know, I was, let's see, 81. So I was like 11, 12 years old when that came out. So that was game changing for me. The superhero thing is that's just icing on the cake because, yes, those movies took a while. Like, 
you know, like the, the first Captain America that came with the ears on the outside of the cowl. And, you know, they started really slow. So when Michael Keats Batman came, you, just, you don't think of it as a creature shop opportunity. It was in London. And then I think when Batman Returns was done, they brought it over to LA and then you kind of got a sniff of it. It's like, oh, uh, maybe I can work on one of those. But I never, never thought it was going to happen. It mostly work on prosthetic makeups for actors. You know, character makeups and creatures and the superhero stuff. I don't know. It just came much later. I was grateful. It's cool, you know, because not everybody that works in feature shops are comic book fans, like the movies, too. You know, you always hear about these people that work on the movies and they're like, I've always been a fan. And you're like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's nice when they line up and you can usually tell when they line up. Like, you know, but that's kind of a, a synopsis of how I got started. It's a very technical aspect. Like actors come in, um, we usually mold their heads. Kind of like when you go to a dentist and they make a mold of your teeth. Sometimes we do that to their whole body. You know, these days with the computer pictures, they scan it. So then we can get um, a duplicate of their head or body to build from, from a computer image that grows it with a computer. That's technology. And the actors like because most actors are you know, they don't like when you get a head cast, you're breathing through your nose for like a half hour or an hour and you can't move. You know, you're completely cut. It's not a pleasant experience. And usually when actors, that's the first process. If before you make anything to fit them, you have to have their body parts to work from. So usually we're the first people I see. And it's usually the most comfortable moments of the entire gig. You know, it's nice later when it's all cool and they, they get to wear the costume and they're like, yeah, this is amazing. But in the beginning, like, oh, so what do we have to do today? Yeah, that's kind of what I do and how it started. What was, uh, what was like the first, uh, like major production that you got your, your kind of your feet wet in? Um, <laughs> I was, I was pretty much broke i was at a place that sold supplies but i can afford it i saw a truck right away with supplies i followed it and it ended up being a steve wang production of guyver 2. and wow. i i basically started it at a semi-forced <laughs> like i kind of stocked worked my way into the door and um interned a little bit and then after a, a few weeks um yeah they started paying me and then i That's met awesome. a guy named moto hot the the guy that i met uh, moto hata um became my mentor and to a little bit on what moto ended up doing in his career is he did sloth for seven. Oh my and god one of my favorite things and one of my favorite things that he also was supervising and did a lot of the sculpting on night owl for watchmen oh very cool and also he, he was a major uh like the comedian, a lot of people don't realize the comedian had a fake torso and arms, like it was a makeup underneath the wardrobe. So Moto also sculpted that just to give him a more physique. So okay. yeah, it's, but that's one of my favorite things that Moto did. He did a lot of creature stuff and menomax and this and that, but Night Owl is still kind of a favorite of mine. You know, it's uh, pretty awesome. It's funny you mentioned that because um, I remember seeing Negan in Walking Dead um, and then, like, start. I was startled at how thin he looked, 
because I remember knowing him and seeing him so much as a comedian, and I thought he was he looked pretty pretty buff, but that makes total sense now. Yeah, I mean it. It happens more than you. A lot, like that's a lot of times part of our career, and what we work on. Um, it's the don't talk about it phase. Yeah, you know sometimes we get to you know like one of the longest ones was you know. Yeah, we'll get to it, but really hard, like, you know, because people start finding out that you worked on it, and they're like, what's it going to look like? What colors? Yeah. Kevin Smith said this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. for like two years, I'm like, you just have to wait. Like, two years that took, because they pushed it, but normally it's like a year, and then sometimes it's kind of like, you know, we don't talk about the fact that for that magazine cover, Robert Downey Jr.'s in a black t-shirt, he's got that little Iron Man light that we gave him a fake chest. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, same thing with sure. with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I've heard people reference, uh, yeah, he he got so big in Watchmen, so he would be he would be perfect to to play Thomas Wayne in in a Batman movie. Like, oh well, I guess he didn't get that big. Yeah, it was from way something like the same thing we did for Run on Hellboy. Hmm. Like that's not Ron's skin, hmm. you know. Not to say you know, and sometimes it's weird because. You know, like even in a lot of the superhero films, like you guys are probably most familiar with Henry. Like he's a perfect example to use as like without the costume, the dude doesn't need any help. Yeah. Like when you say that, well, you know, Henry Cavill wears a muscle suit, people are like, why? Look at him. But just something happens when you have the skin tight fabric and you design it in a way to move with actor, it kind of ends in almost tense between the muscles so it smooths everything out and so if you want mm. the physique to translate through like the the exterior material like yeah henry cavill wears a suit, so if he can wear one anybody can wear one yeah no. that dude's huge yeah Go ahead. you referenced the uh, the change in the technology how you know there's the the making molds of people's heads where, you know, they've, we've, we've all seen footage of that, you know, where they have like straws coming out of their nose to, to breathe through for half an hour. And, but now there's the technology of just digitally scanning. Obviously the, the person being scanned versus molded is going to prefer being digitally scanned, but from your end, which, which way do you prefer working? Do you, did you prefer working with the, the physical molds or is, is the digital just fine for you as well? Well, um, in a selfish sort of way, I kind of like the old ways because I to meet them. Yeah. And if, if that that's the, the most selfish, simple way of saying it. Like, I don't get to meet the people as often now because they just go somewhere else, got the camera. Uh, but that said, in the end product, because anytime you're putting something on skin, like it weighs it down, it moves it, right? There's gravity. Yeah. So the most accurate form to work off of is one that comes from the camera. And the camera is getting really good. I mean, you know, that was even something with Ben Affleck's cow because technology was making a turn during that, like 2012, 2013. Like even Tron, the helmets were designed in the computer and printed. But textures, they needed to sand something smooth and add the textures. So the idea that the Ben Affleck cowl was printed, like it was grown in a computer, everything was done on the computer, and then it was printed to a form. 
that was something that we kept secret for like two, three years. And just let people guess at how we did it. Because okay. it, was, it was very, that was like when I saw Cal and it came into the shop and they're like, okay, you're going to work on this. We were like, holy shit, look at that. The computer's like, you know, it's the computer starts making leaps and bounds. And to be honest, the, like it's a more pleasant experience for the talent. So then we get a more accurate, like, you know, sometimes if they're not enjoying themselves, but you're trying to mold their head, maybe because of their discomfort, facial expression represents the discomfort. You know, it, there's a lot to it. I like that, you know, I guess the short answer is I prefer the technology, even though I don't get to meet the people. Yeah. So you, it's, oh man. Go ahead. I was going to say, so you, you, you got to like work with, physically work with face to face with Ben Affleck. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, like, like, because I know you guys are big into the, the, the zaddy, as you like to say. Um, <laughs> I, I can tell a few stories. Yeah, for me, it was a highlight, too. So I'm game yeah. for that. I mean, yeah, because like, let's just admit, like, I worked on MOS at Ironhead Studio. And what we did is because Wilkinson, remember, was the man behind um, Watchmen. And Jose had done maquettes for the Watchmen figures. Jose Fernandez, owner of Ironhead. So on a deal, Frontline was doing the Superman suit for Henry, but they needed some overflow. So at Ironhead, we did um, Russell Crowe's like muscles and then his uh, outfits that he wore on Krypton. There was kind of some armor-esque type things where he fought Zod in the beginning. And, you know, so Wilkinson and Jose had a tie on MOS. So the next step was, you know, obviously when Zack Snyder was at San Diego Comic-Con and they had the actor like read that phrase from Frank Miller's comic book, the big screen that popped up immediately yeah. like, holy shit, is my phone going to ring? Like Batman's in the next Superman movie. Like, this is where they're going. Because after the Christmas, and again, those are done in England, so not like I get to work on them. But, you know, we had no idea after MOS where they were going. So, yeah, I got a call like a month after that Comic-Con. And it was Jose. Wow. And he's like, and, you know, I'm working, and he knows it. And he's just like, hey, uh, I started this gig. Maybe you should come by my shop at night. You know, like, come on your way home from work. You know, the shop will be kind of empty, and I just got a few things to show you. I'm like, all right. And so, you know, I did. And I wasn't – it was the last thing I was thinking about was what I was about. But when I walked into his shop, it was kind of all emptied out. And they had the design work blown up on the wall, you know. And it was like a lot of dark night. It was all black and gray. Like images, just it was a, a photo morgue all over the shop of Ironhead. And I looked at the walls and I looked at Jose. I said, You have to be fucking kidding me. He's in it, right? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah. And I'm like, So they're doing the black and gray? He's like, Yeah. And they're, they're doing the material look? Like, like this is too many boxes to check all in once. And he was like, Yeah. And, you know, it, it was a slow process in the beginning. But what happened is, like, because Ben Affleck was still doing pictures on uh, and his weight was important for a while, right? So when you see these memes of Ben in Detroit, he's eating too much pizza, but he's in the Batman. He was still doing Gone Girl. 
And so what was going on was Jose had a body form of Ben from Daredevil because Jose worked on Daredevil with Ben Affleck before. Mm -hmm. before, Right. So he did the cow for Ben Affleck. So they knew each other. And so they started doing the muscle suit mock-up and tech suit or mech suit um, mock-up for BVS, the old body form. So slowly as Gone Girl was done, this is where I met Ben when we went to, and I think you could find pictures online because it was a crazy day. We just, I went over to this place called Cyber Effects and they have the cameras for the scanning for the bodies and everything. But we were going to do Ben's head cast there on the day. And I showed up in a beautiful 1966 Chevelle, just a beautiful car. They opened up the gate. Ben came in. They closed the gate. And, you know, because he had been announced, I guess, as Batman, uh, fans had been hovering around his, his, you know, where he lived. So they followed him. Oh, Jesus. And people, so when they closed the gate after Ben drove his car, and I'm not kidding you, man, people were coming over the fences like World War Z. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at it, you're like, I've never seen anything like this. And, you know, Ben's just like a, a white sweatshirt. And, um, he, he went into the shop and, you know, the owner of the company went out there with the baseball bat. It's <laughs> my property, not yours. <laughs> yeah, we went nerds. in and I just... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, there is paparazzi just want a photo. It's not like, you know, for me, I remember just walking in and standing next to Ben going, holy shit, he's tall. Yeah. Like, that was my first impression. Like, he's a massive dude. Like, I'm 6'2". So, you know, when I meet someone like that, it's like, he, you know, and he was really the character. And I'm like, oh, my God, this may be the time that someone actually likes the character that gets to play him. Rob, um, so on that. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Um, how long does a typical yep. scanning uh, take uh, digitally, and do you have to do different sessions, or is it usually completed throughout the course of one uh, one complete day? It depends on the person. Like, if you're going to scan the body, frame, you have to assume the pose. You have to hold your breath because you don't want your gut moving around. Right. And the hardest part is the actor needs to remain perfectly still. So if they fade forward or back the image gets stretched out. Wow. So a lot of a lot of times what they do is, and the cameras are kind of almost like matrix, kind of around the person in a cylinder shape. Okay. And there's hundreds of cameras, right? A lot of the times for the bodies. Like the person is sitting in a, a tube of cameras around them. And then that just takes thousands of pictures. Like, really. And sometimes what they'll do is they'll do it a few times. It only takes a few minutes each time. And then you can take the imagery and put it together. Like you can take the left arm off this one, the right arm off. Like okay. in the computer, you can take the best of the best. Right, the, the, the most consistent and just compile. Yeah, it's not easy to stand still. It sounds silly, but like I could do it before just to see what it was like. And even the smallest movement screws up the whole scan. But for the actor, it's a lot better than having people rub plaster bandage all over them for an hour, you know, having your arms and legs all asleep. I mean, it's not really a pleasant experience, even though it was my job. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think that's great. You know, obviously, as like a craftsman, you want to have the hands-on experience. But as artists, we all want technology to help us achieve that result so we can just have the most accurate portrayal. So. 
I, you know, I'm a big horror fan, and um, I remember growing up seeing Robert England uh, being portrayed as Freddy, and he was showing the process, and that's like five or six hours of makeup work, and you almost feel bad for the guy, you know, like before you even get started, it's so much preparation. So it's nice to see that technology helps you achieve that a little quicker. Yeah, they're getting, you know, a lot of things have changed, and a lot of times too with the makeups and when you hear actors say like hey it took like eight hours it's like like i'll tell you from the other side the actor won't sit for eight hours sure that, that may be part of their narrative later on but i mean even i mean that's the hardest part now with technology as an option say um you know and like even on bvs there's certain people who you know we have a lot of praise to it's like you know like batman we just like with an A-list actor, if it's not comfortable, he won't wear it. If he doesn't want to wear it, then the, you know, like Iron Man, that's why Robert Downey Jr. only wears now. Like in the last five films, they just, he's like, do I really need to wear this? No. Well then, I'm not gonna. You guys can put the CG armor around me. So we're making things, that's always in the back of our mind. You know, so like with cows, for instance, um, you know, like I have, you know, Sean Reeves is a friend of mine, and, and I know a lot of these people that these cows, um, and they do great work. It's just a different type of thing when you're dealing with an actor that doesn't want to wear it or has to wear it all day. So when you see Ben Affleck on set next to Zack Snyder, like in between shots, and he's leaning over a camera, and he's still got the cowl, you know, in between shots of the warehouse scene, and he didn't take the cowl off. I look at them. Did a good job because he's still wearing the same thing. Like he, he, like he. Sometimes when they say cut in between scenes, the actors can't wait to rip the shit off. Yeah. So when <laughs> we're doing a cut, you know, like that was some of the prerequisites. Like Ben's like, I want this thing to. It's not going to glue on my skin, like Night Owl. I'm not going to wait to have it removed. Um, it's not going to be permanently attached. I want it off, on in like 30 seconds. I want it quick. In the suit, we want it comfortable. And, and like, you guys talked about having Richard Citrone on, right? Maybe? Yeah. It, I think yeah. it works out. Because the one, I, I, it just, I'll mention his name because we should. Um, when it came to the mech suit, originally, the rumors that we were hearing in the shop was, we're going to do a, a mock-up. Ben's going to wear it and stand there. And then once it goes into the fight, mostly CGI. So we did the mock-up. Richard came into the shop. I think Zach people came over to Iron Head, and Richard did a martial arts display while wearing the suit. And we got three months of work for the mechanical suit because of the demo that Richard did. That's awesome. Oh, wait. He can fight in it? It's like, yeah, he can move. He could, like, you know, so we 3D printed all the parts and mold and casted them. And I was not trying to learn about the story. And I remember Jose, the day that he handed me there's the front chest piece of uh, Batflex uh, mech suit, but it's got the hand from uh, Superman. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, what's he doing to him? I'm like, I don't, like, he's sticking to the comic book, right? I'm like, well, there's no green arrow, but you know. yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun. You know, the tech is cool. Meeting the actor, like, Ben was awesome. You know, and it's it was weird too with that situation. Like the things that people forget about is like we're meeting Ben just as the internet keeps saying no, right? Yeah. Like those of us with a memory, like everybody's on bandwagon Batfleck now. 
Mm-hmm. But I remember meeting him then. That was like a major thing. Like no one was happy that he was cast. And then the next actor that we met for that film, because Henry was done at another shop. At our shop, we did Wonder Woman, Batman. So then Gal came in, and she got the same treatment. People are like, man, she's no Linda Carter. She's not, you know, and everybody had something to say. So it's kind of nice now that, you know, because like, look, I've been in like November of 2013, so it's been a while. But it like, you know, and that's why it's kind of cool to talk to fellows like yourself. It's nice to work on some negotiation. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see like Ben earned it and see everybody turn it like he just went and did his job. You know, and, I, you know, it's nice that the, the, the work that we did, it's still like a lot of people talk about it in a very positive way. And that feels good, you know, because you work on a lot of stuff that barely gets seen in movies. So aside from being a Batman, it's nice that fans dig what we did. But as a Batman fan, yeah, it's kind of neat to be in the room with that shit. You know? it's, it's hard, though, because you, you don't want to, like, not work and just browse around the shop. Like, it's it's odd when sometimes people ask, like, so how do they do this? I'm like, I had no idea. It's like, you were working on it. I'm like, yeah, but I was so focused on mine. Like, the cape was so much more. Like, little things, you know. And the fabric, you know, it all goes back to me, like, I like the Batman suits from the 90s. I just, once they did Spider-Man with the material over muscles, uh, that's kind of like, oh, look, that's how a superhero should look, maybe. And the guy that worked on Spider-Man was Jim Henson. So the guy that was doing Man of Steel that came up with the silver muscles underneath the blue fabric, like literally, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. The they used on Man of Steel, right? That idea was Jim Atchison, the guy that worked on the Spider-Man suit, was working on Man of Steel. Jim Atchison's uh, second was Mike Wilkinson. So there's a lineage, like in BVS, to have that material over muscles. It goes all the way back to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Like there's a direct lineage to like superheroes changed. It's not all just rubber. It's like it's going to be more real, the material, muscles or no muscles. Which and I that, prefer. That, I'm not a big armor guy. Yeah, that came Go at ahead, a perfect Ron. time because we had uh, grown so accustomed to, uh, especially with the Dark Knight movies, as those progressed, uh, Batman's suit became more and more armor. You know, went from being uh, a, a full suit to, by the end, it was all of these pieces of armor that looked like they were assembled together into a suit. So it, it was really cool to see things turn back the way the comics look. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I don't know. Like, sometimes I... You know, it's just my age. Like, obviously, the video games are all armor and stuff like that. And I'm not, I don't game. So, you know, just, I don't have the time for it. It's not like I wouldn't enjoy it. But, like, one of my favorite parts of Batman imagery is, like, the capes and the cowl. Yeah. Like, you know, you guys have had Kelly Jones on it. It's like, yeah. Like, I'll be honest, though. When Kelly, like, when I was younger, it wasn't my cup of tea as much as it is now that I'm older. Like, I love the scary look, the silhouette. Like, I don't need to see his muscles. I just, like, it's all about the cape and the cowl and kind of a scary image. Kind of like when Bernie Wrightson did it. And yeah. it comes to the cowl, you know, like, I love the long ears, like the Neil Adams. And they kind of, Jim Apparel took over that style. But then there was also, like, when um, Marshall Rogers had a thing where the ears were, like, thicker. And there was, like, a... Like there was a third surface to the ears that made them look almost like they could be used as weapons. 
You know, like you guys just focused on the Cal Cape, and I kind of missed that. You know, and then I'm a fan of Frank Miller's Batman, but it definitely seemed to take uh, more, like it was more about Ron and less about like the scary part to me. Yeah. And I get it because I like the story. And when I was a teenager reading, okay, this is great. I'm like, you know, and then year one, like, you know, Frank Miller and Mazzuccelli had worked before on, uh, was it Daredevil Born Again? Yeah, and then after yeah, Dark Knight, seeing, seeing that team again was, and it was cool to see, like, Frank just leave the art to Mazzuccelli himself, you know. And I love the short ears, and the, just because the story was so good, you just go with it. But then, you know, you got guys like Norm Brayful, Kelly Jones that came back, and they brought that look back. And I guess I just talk about that now because I, I'm still waiting to see that in the film. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so you get this phone call from um, Jose Fernandez, by the yeah. way, which is so awesome that you have a work slash friendship with him. So obviously we could talk about that, but you get a phone mm -hmm. call from him a month after you saw this news from San Diego Comic-Con, you walk into his studio, you see these portraits, you're like, no fucking way. And then later on, you see Batman himself, Ben Affleck, driving his car into the lot with hordes of zombie nerds coming over the top of the, of the literally. Fence. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you're talking about how, you know, they're, they're doing the dark Knight returns suit. They're doing the black and the gray. Um, it's yeah. comic book accurate. And then we were just talking just now about that looks amazing. Obviously it's what a treat to have as a fan, but you are also saying how you're still waiting for that um, Norm Brayfogle slash Kelly Jones looking suit, you know, hopefully someday, one day somebody will do, man, you're talking to the right guys because we've talked about that endlessly about they should just do like some, like a really scary horror version of Batman and make oh, yeah. it mostly shadows. You see shots of his suit, but those long ears are there and it just scares you. Dude, like Tim Sale, come on. It's like, can we just, you know, it's like, it's that's the tough part about when you're working on this stuff and you're also a fan, you know, like, yeah, what we did on Batfleck looked awesome. And I'm just happy for him because he was a fan, like all these most actors and directors, when they say that they've read the comics since they were a kid, they're just, okay, name your favorite story. They got nothing. Name your favorite artist. They got nothing. Ben was a fan. You could tell he knew comics. He wanted to do this. So when he gets in the suit and he says, hey, man, I'm fucking Batman. It's like, <laughs> yes, you're also the guy that the whole entire world just said, no, but you're going to change their opinion because you look badass. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, but, you know, a, a, like, you know, a long year, like, you know, and that's the hard part where people are like, all right, it's the perfect cow in the perfect suit. What you guys did on BVS is perfect. And I'm like, you can't improve mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, well, if it was a less Miller of a cow and a less, like if you take the material look and a slightly more style, like even put the emblem on it. I'm okay with the emblem, whether you put the gold or yellow. I want trunks, right? I want black trunks. Give me some long ears and make a cape that covers them up. I, lo I love it when they draw it. And he's just, you know, like even Brian Bolin used to be good at that too. Just, that silhouette, Kelly Jones, is that's one of my favorites. And like the older I get and the more movies they make, the more I long for like what, what Kelly Jones does, you know? And the Joker yeah. too, like the, the Rogue Gallery, it's the same way. It's like, 
it's nothing against Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger or their performances. It's just before they made these movies, I had an image and I'm still waiting to see that on screen. Right. You guys are the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take what they give me, but you know, because when when we look back at the older comics, like when, when we think of the cow, like we, anyone who's been reading comics long enough is accustomed to, you know, Batman pulls the cowl back off his head and it hangs there like a hood. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, what what we see in the movies has always been you know just like the suits it's it's more that uh, the the rigid armor kind of kind it's of a helmet yeah right yeah and man but you know, go, go ahead, ahead rob i was going to say you guys got as close to that as i think anyone has with the moving cowl where he can finally turn his head and uh i mean i think it's just a matter of time before i don't know how they figure out the science behind it but you're the guy that knows that better than anybody like what they have to do to make it look like that but um well, it's tough. I mean, not only is it tough to do it, it's tough because uh, who you're doing it on. Mm. Not, and Ben is like, you know, and Richard and all those people that wore the cowl. Um, they're really nice and they're troopers. It's just, you know, it's long days. It's every day. It's um, comfort is important because they got to be able to perform without worrying about what's bugging them on their the bridge of their nose. Like there's a lot of factors that the, the cosplay and the other people, those worlds don't have to encounter, right? So just making them happy is part of it. But, and the, the technology for the turn is kind of goes back to like the creature suit type thing. You know, like if you think about like Predator and you, you see pictures of the 80s Predator with the helmet off and you can see the actors, Kevin Peter Hall underneath. You know, you, you can see what he's wearing and how when he turns the Predator head, it turned his head. So what Jose is, you know, he took technology that we've been exposed to from creatures and said, how do you connect the top of the head to the shoulders? It's not just about the material. There has to be something else inside. And most of the R&D for the cow, because that's what we did that was like even Justice League. They Well, let me tell you the BVS story first. Jose had ideas. They did a lot of R&D. At the same time, they're wondering with the technology if they're going to be able to print the leather texture. They knew it was going to be textured. And the R&D was mostly done by a friend of mine, Jim McLaughlin, who I used to work with at Rick Baker's for many years. So the cowl itself, the outside was molded by Jim. And the inside, it had all of these informations that like, you know, when the neck bends, will it not buckle or fold or turning wasn't just the main thing. Looking like a human neck and the anatomy stayed underneath looking like it was Ben's neck. That was part of it too. So a lot went into it. And the pictures that Ironhead put on, um, Jose put up on his wall, there's two photos, one's from behind and then one's from behind with his head turned. That was the first foam cowl out of the seamless mold that Jim made with my uh, collapsible eight-piece magnetic core inside. Right. That's highly technical talk, but someone's listening may understand what I'm talking yeah. about. And and now if anyone wants to see it, I think that's what you uh, had at one point posted pictures of on your Instagram, right? Uh, well, I have I haven't I have this weird thing where I haven't showed the I showed the underside of the core. I haven't showed what it looks like inside the cow. Mm. What I haven't showed are Jose's secrets because mm. I have this. My fingers are crossed that there's going to be more Ben. And I think that Ben and Jose got along well. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm keeping a secret because maybe there's a chance that I get to work on it again. Nice. I mean, 
even with Justice League, that was kind of the thought. It's like they shipped my work to, to London when Justice League went overseas. I mean, this is also something that the everyday fan has to understand. Like we at Ironhead built all the Batman and all the Wonder Woman stuff. And in the film, we didn't get credit. So, you know, in the politics, well, it's the film industry and it's really tough, man. You know, Um, and sometimes it affects the way that, you know, can you just, well, it is what it is. Or come on, Wilkinson or Snyder. It's like we did do the Batman suit, the Wonder Woman suit. They're still kind of using the same molds. (laughs) They added armor in 84 and different looks. But, you know, for her solo film, it was they used our same work. And Wilkinson was the boss, but at least every once in a while, it'd be nice for them to mention Jose or Ironhead. You know, yeah, man. So for sure. It, it, and before BVS came out, we already knew that Justice League went to London because they were already building the sets and the suits. So it, it's tough to work on something and keep secrets for a couple of years. And I really enjoyed BVS, but man, we didn't get to work on Justice League. And they sent my work there. They're going to be able to reverse engineer my interior like my collapsible core that helped the neck turn. I was about They're to say, re- they totally like, operation paperclipped your stuff. And then, but they weren't able to, re- like I have friends in London that worked on the film and they were a bit confused at what I did, thankfully. <laughs> and I said, well, it serves you right. You just can't get this stuff shipped in the mail, <laughs> yeah, like Amazon International and then take over our show. You know, but I met Wilkinson and he came and looked at what I was doing and it, like working on a Batman cow, it was just, it was so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard being the employee and focus on it. And at the same time, you go home. Like, if you look at the pictures on my Instagram, I thought it was ironic that um, there was a time where they were talking about maybe having a scene or do we do the collapsible core or like, how are we going to do the cowl? And I just told them I wanted a shot because I was familiar with the guys that have come before, like James Kernot on Batman Begins, you know, uh, Ray Fisher on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and a fellow named Paul James did the collapsible core on Batman Returns. Now in tech speak, the collapsible core means the interior of the mold comes apart. So on the outside, there's no seam lines, which is important. That's how you get that clean surface to the outside of the cowl. Highly technical and difficult to do, but I felt good to like join this group of like four or five people that have done it, period. (laughs) <laughs> going back to Batman Returns, which was the first one. Because if you watch Batman 89, there are shots where you can see the line down the back mm-hmm. of the cowl. Like, especially the beginning, like, where he's like, who's are you? Who are you? I'm yeah. not going to kill you. I want you to tell all your friends about me. You know, and you could see the line there. But even that looks kind of cool, though. Like, I love I, it. I, I know I, what you're talking about, but I never thought that that's what that was. I just thought it was like, I don't know. It just looks like a cool, like spider webby stick. It just looks cool. I don't even know. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about now, and I know people will know now. But to me, I just thought that's just like a sweet little detail. I love the roughness. Like I just put that movie on. Like there are aspects of that movie where I just think it's more of an Elseworlds tale. Oh yeah. But there are also aspects to that movie, like you know, in the beginning of the movie when Batman hears the people screaming, I would think that he would probably jump off the roof and use the grappling hook and not turn and walk back into the chapel. You know, there's little things, <laughs> but, but it's goofy. But then it's also like, how can you beat the descent and the mystery and the, like, like when he saves her and get like the introduction of the Batmobile or the Batcave, like 
Like there are so many things that they nailed in that first movie, you know? And like, there's also little things like on BVS. It's like one of the guys I worked with, like you mentioned Godzilla, uh, Patrick Totopoulos, you know, because he was the creature designer on that. Whoa, whoa. So is there any relation to the fact that the main character is named Nick Totopoulos? That was kind (laughs) of a play on words because the director was French and Patrick's French. Yeah. That's so funny. So, you know, I met him back then and that's when he was also like production designer on Dark City. He went on to production design like Underworld. He directed the third Underworld film. Like we've been friends for a long time. We, we've gone out on the racetrack and because we're both motorcycle enthusiasts. So, you know, there was also a moment like when BVS was coming around where he emailed me. He's like, hey, I heard. And I'm like, I heard too. Like, he's like, I get to design the Batmobile. I'm like, I get to mold a Batman cowl. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You know, because he was production designer on BVS and Justice League. So it's a kind of a small world at times when things shrink up like that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it's it's insane to me. We were joking, but it's insane to me um, how much of an, how much of you you've you've had you've injected yourself into some of the most amazing things that we consider to be like childhood masterpieces, like. Um, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, you know, the stuff that you've recently yeah. worked on. Like, it's just crazy to think that, like, I mean, you you talked about it. You said it, it feels good to know as a fan that you got to work on it. And it feels good to know that other fans appreciate it. Well, let me just tell you, man, I'm pretty sure even if Ben isn't your favorite Batman, even if BVS isn't your favorite movie, I think it's pretty well accepted across the board that the BVS suit and cowl in general is probably the best on screen looking bat suit you know putting aside your favorite childhood nostalgia i think it's yeah. it's pretty well and it's funny because you know we talked about wanting to talk to you um mm-hmm. we talked we're, you know we're talking to you we want to talk to richard um robin i'm forgetting his name who designed uh, jared Morantz. yeah and so oh, we, we have plans yeah, his artwork him. was on the wall yeah 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 and so that's what i mean it's yeah. like we get to talk we're, we're trying to talk to him then we get to talk mm-hmm. to he he draws it you put it together and then Richard wears it. You know what I mean? And across the board, like through those phases at no point did the quality of this is the best looking bat suit ever fade out. Like that's like literally like the, the way it moves, the way it looks like you guys nailed it, man. You like you nailed it out of the park and it is going to be really hard. Like you said, like, you know, we're going to do a different one. We're going to do another one. It's like, well, how do you improve on it? And uh, maybe the answer is that you can't, um, but you yeah, can't man. compete. I think it's, <laughs> I think one thing they do a lot now is like, maybe as comic book fans, I look at it this way. I relate it to the eighties. I liked Kelly Jones and still like Mazzuccelli at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the stories, you know, like if I read Prey or if I read Holy Terror, maybe sometimes I would like one better than the other. I don't have to put them up against each other. Like, I still like Bale. There are moments, like, I love the warehouse scene. I don't think they should have, like, released it in a trailer. I think it should have been saved for the theatrical experience. But I still look back at the dock scene that Nolan did, and I just love that scene. That dude getting sucked into the dark. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, there are bits, like, even the Burton one. It's like, there's still moments in all of them where you get good Batman moments in most films. I think Nolan, like the as Nolan went on, you got less Batman moments. 
you know and like with the bane thing I, like no one likes to like this is a cloth and it needs this and he likes to explain everything and i think i would look at Nolan and say well if bane can't live with one of those tubes dislodged how does bane eat or drink <laughs> think about that you know <laughs> like like sometimes i think it's important for these guys just to remember it's a comic book and don't explain everything just let it happen i think it's that's you know um I think that's where it shoots itself in the foot sometimes is is when it tries to explain itself too much. Like it tries to forgive. It's it's like you're saying, sorry, I'm sorry. But and, um, you know, as I don't know, we, we again, this is an argument that we can have for, for years about the Nolan films. There are definitely amazing parts of Nolan films that all of us love. I'll tell you something that's going to piss a lot of people off right now. Everyone's like, well, oh, what's the what's their favorite? Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I think about this all the time. I kind of really like Dark Knight Rises. And I know compared to the other two, people think it's shit. But there's cinematography in that movie that you just can't kind of touch. You know, I know people hate seeing Batman in the daylight. I kind of like it, you know, just because it's not normal. And I don't know. Long story short. Um, you don't have to shorten up. It's okay to <laughs> calm, express yourself. Yeah, but yeah, you, you can always edit it out later anyway. Well, you're gonna, I'm, I'm trying to save myself death threats. But oh, by the way, we have a bonus oh. pick. I just realized this, Robin, um, because uh, Robin put up a poll on his Instagram page oh, yeah. asking about <laughs> Batman 89, Batmobile versus Tumblr. And my argument, Rob, is that uh, there's only one Batmobile in those comparisons because the Tumblr is not a Batmobile, the 89 Batmobile. And you voted Tumblr, but I guess I'll let you explain yourself. <laughs> I'll let you explain well, yourself. You said Tumblr yeah. for everyday use, and then you said 89 for the weekends. Well, yeah, I live in Los Angeles. You do too. <laughs> Come on, man. Those are sure. freeways and roads. I want the tumbler. Like okay. if I was on a if I was on a cruising highway one or if I lived back home in Northern California, I'd take the 89. I could polish it on my parents' lawn. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but, but here in LA, it's like, you know, and that's also another thing too. It's like as a car, like, you know, Julian nailed the design. Cadlow, right? That's how he's the one that did the sketch. Like Anton first, I give him full credit for the production design, but that that Keaton car, so to speak, was designed by Julian. And to compete with it is very difficult. You know what I mean? Like Justice League without the gun. Sorry, Patrick. I prefer like, you know, the the BVS, like the car Patrick did. I dig it. You know? Um it, but that look of the 89, like, I, I don't know if it's just because I was a teenager when it hit or like I was 20, you know, it's like, and it, you hadn't seen anything like it before. It just is pretty iconic. But driving in LA, the Tumblr, dude, it wins. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, that's, 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 that's assuming that you are going to take advantage of it and just plow through the traffic. I have dreams of doing that. <laughs> like just like when, when Robin put that picture up and I'm like Tumblr and I'm already thinking of like on my way to work highway five and just that dude that's not paying attention and he's on his cell phone. I'm just, yeah, because you know, that's one thing I liked about Nolan and the usage of his vehicle was like, you know, he showed that capability of like it was a tough car and i kind of like that you know like like something about um the pristine imagery of the 89 kind of fit with what burton was going for but it's also you know i could i could take both it's a tough now, call man. Since, since since you voted for tumblr i'm just going to uh no, so i 
I'll let you know the results. I didn't count the the comments on the post, but I did the story post where people just click, you know, for one yeah. or the other. And the final count at the end of the 24 hours was 383 votes for the Tumblr and 753 for the 89. Yeah, because these days, Tumblr. yeah, I, I just, well, people are, it's practicality versus imagery. And, you know, when it comes to the films, I'm still waiting for the imagery. And I think that's what that shows that vote, you know? Yeah. And, like and, I said, it's like, how many times have we seen a Batman movie? But we haven't really seen like that, the, the Batman and the Joker and the stuff that I grew up with. And you guys are probably fans yeah. of too. And just like yeah. we are, just like we talked about uh, wanting to see on the screen the way Batman looks in the comics, you know, the, the long ears, the, the logo on the chest, maybe even the, a blue, a blue and gray suit or something, oh. you know, what, whatever we can get. Similar to that, many of us who are accustomed to the Batmobile in the comics being a souped-up car, that's mm -hmm. what we like to see. Like that's, I really like the design for the matt reeves uh oh, yeah. batman batmobile because that looks yeah. like you know in in his early days he he took one of the cars that he had and, and just got it ready for battle well the comic books i read in the 70s he used to use a corvette and sports cars too yeah yeah i mean like i get it if somebody's younger and never read those comics and you know a lot of times um you know i i believe that not all fans of batman are fans of the comic books yeah, and I get true. that. Good statement. You know, and I, I like, and, and people just, they like the one or the other. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should just read some comics. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember when, when they started making comic book movies, it's like you try to explain to people that comic books maybe are a lot darker than you think because they think they're all fluff. And it's like, maybe you should read Arkham Asylum or The Killing Joke or The Dark Knight Returns or. Like, you know, like some of the more popular ones. And then you could even do a deep dive. And like, there was a reason. I mean, personally, you know, the one thing about like the Snyder universe and whatnot for myself is I'm just a Batman fan. I'm not really into the superpowers. And um, I've just always read the Batman books. So when you mentioned Matt Reeves, like I'm hoping they can coexist. And I love his trailer and I love that car. It appeals to me. It doesn't diminish the 89 anymore. And there's always a part of me when I see what Reeves is doing, hoping that it's going to kind of like, even with the suit, like I'm hoping there's a growth and he goes towards what we know in the comics. Yeah. that That's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah I, I, I talk to, you know, I, I talk to certain friends overseas and stuff like that, but they're, they're as tight lipped with some stuff as I was with what I was working on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if this is in line with anything you may or may not have heard from anyone, but a while back there was a guy who uh, leaked some info. I think it was originally on a Reddit post, and yeah. he claimed that he was working on uh, set building on the Matt Reeves Batman movie, and he you know, he started spilling a little bit of info, and he explained that the suit that we have seen in the pictures and the trailer and everything. Uh, is well at the time there wasn't a trailer yet but he said the yeah. the suit we've seen in the pictures that they put out was just what he was going to be wearing in the early parts of the movie you know it's the first suit that he's made and the guy yeah, claimed in this post that 
uh, early-ish in the movie, we were going to see that suit get destroyed in an explosion. And then he was going to have to switch to a suit that he was still in the process of making. And then we get the trailer, you know, months and months and months later. And what do we see happen in the trailer is he gets blown up. So maybe there's some truth to that. And we will get, you know, what the guy said was a more comic book looking suit. I hope so. I mean, you know, it's like, even that said, it's like, like I love Lieberman's artwork too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, as long as it fits the context of the story, I'm okay with it. Just sometimes I wouldn't mind if they just went like, I want the horror. I want the fantasy. I'll like, you know, Reeves's trailer looks and feels um, like it's going to be more about like a detective thing. And that's kind of something I'm wanting. So, yeah. Yeah. So many know. of us have always wanted a Batman movie to be basically seven with batman yeah yeah oh my god like i remember like when i first went and saw that film but yeah it was basically seven an american psycho there's your director there's your actor yeah right and and they were talking about the aronofsky thing but yeah seven it's perfect john doe's a great joker (laughs) yeah there you go oh man but that that movie goes to a time that we will never get again like an element of surprise that the internet has eliminated because in all of the marketing for that movie, they never mentioned that Kevin Spacey was in it. You didn't know who the villain you were going to eventually see was. Right. Yeah, but maybe they can do that. Wow, it's got to be tough. Well, I know, but like, you know, that's part of the, like, but it's kind of fun that way. Like, even with BVS, right? Like, because, you know, the head turn was a big Thing, like Wilkinson and Jose it's like there was a lot of talks about it like Zach he wanted it like you know it was a long process and it worked because they took time and we tried a lot of things and everybody was asking about it and the funniest part of it was it was leaked the success of the turn was leaked before BVS came out because the Suicide Squad oh. footage of Batman on top of the Joker oh, car oh shit yeah like, I remember we were like, you know, like you're talking about the Internet or it's hard to keep things from the public. But we almost did it because like Kevin Smith talked about the suit, you know, because it's the black and gray, yeah. you know, book number three. And people were asking me, like, I'd go to Monster Palooza or Comic-Con and friends are coming up and going. And I'm like, I, I just got to wait, dude. You got to wait. <laughs> like, I want to talk like all I'm saying is like, look, I'm a fan and I'm really hyped. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm the first person to say, like, well, it's okay. No, it's, I think what we did is going to be cool. Oh, yeah. And the guy, and the guy wearing it, he's into it. And there's stunt guys. And, you know, I think the director likes comic books, proven with 300, yeah. you know, and Watchmen. And, you know, I kind of wish that he was more on Dark Knight Returns, like stuck to that story a little bit, less Lex Luthor and Doomsday. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah, and you you can see the aspects of that that he put into BVS, like you know the, the core of Batman v Superman was very yeah. much that 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 part of Dark Knight Returns, right. and uh, then in uh, when we got the Zach's cut of Justice of uh, Justice League, he has that moment mm-hmm. in the sort of epilogue part at the end where. You know, Batman's in in that suit, you know, in the what what you guys nail you, your cowl and everything. 
and standing yeah. on top of uh, the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns tank. Yeah. So he, yeah, there's obviously some flavor from that, but it would have been great to see him get to flesh out an entire movie of that story. Yeah. It's, there was a, it's hard to like remember everything that was going on because, you know, like we started the movie, um, they started shooting the movie. And then the release date, like I remember we were wondering about our jobs because the release date was pushed a full year while working on the film. And I think that's when conversations went from like this movie to DCEU. Like, cause we, you know, we started the film, they were filming in 2014, you know? Um, and then it didn't come out till 16. It was going to come out in 15, but it was Holy pushed. shit. Wait, when was right. it that when was it that you did you guys did the that the picture that you were showing me the screen test that was 2013? Yeah, oh Kevin. My God, like Comic Con, July 2013. My phone call and tour of Ironhead, seeing the artwork on the walls, was September, late September, 2013. I started my job in October, right before Halloween. I met Ben Affleck at the end of November, right after, it was right after Thanksgiving, like the Saturday after Thanksgiving, the, the World War Z episode. <laughs> um, and that went well. It was cool to meet him. Like, I just, when you meet someone that's six foot four and he's got that frame and he's like, obviously he knew the character. You can tell from the chats. And I, we were so excited. And so we worked on it until February of 2014 and filming began. They were in Detroit through spring yeah. of 2014 yeah i i spent a day uh it must have been the summer of 2014 uh i spent a day in downtown detroit watching them shoot oh shit and uh, uh yeah you, I... you you speak of uh of zach and you know him being a fan of comics mm. that is reflected like that that's one of my favorite things is having people involved in a project who's you know their heart is in it because it's not just another job for them. You know, it's something they're excited about. And yeah. you can see that in watching Zach. Uh, so one of, the, one of the scenes that I watched them do is right in the beginning of BVS when Bruce is driving through the streets of, of Metropolis uh, mm. while Superman is fighting Zod. So they were, right. shooting, uh, they were shooting him driving in that black SUV. And you see uh, we see uh, Zach walking up the street with the stunt driver and he's, oh. you know, explaining the route with them as, as they walk along it. And, but doing that, the way he's explaining that and, you know, the other scenes that we watched them shoot, he was so excited. Like he had a smile on his face and he's animated and happy to be doing what he's doing. And you can tell that he, he's completely into what he's doing. Yes. And that's, you know, and that's something that for me outweighs the final product. Like as one that is, like works on these things, like behind the scenes type of stuff. Like most of what we work on, we have no idea the end product. Yeah. You just, some, it means a lot to meet someone like that, you know, or to work for someone like Jose, to meet someone like Wilkinson. And then you meet Zach and like, you know, you meet the actor and you're like, okay this is all seems pretty positive maybe you know because you look at the artwork on the wall and you're like the potential's there i'm a fan 
I know everybody else in the room is like, well, why doesn't he look like George Clooney? It looks mm-hmm. different. I'm like, just, <laughs> well, you know, because. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's like, he's not all black. It's like, he's not, this is like, where's his armor? It's like. Where are the nipples? Yeah, dude, these are, <laughs> these are real conversations. And, you know, and you just, sometimes you just do what you do. You do your best. And then you just hope that everything lines up and even like without me like you know honestly like mos i love like the first 75 80 percent like love and the ending i just i'm the kind of viewer that gets a little bored with the elongated kind of cgi fights they feel like video games to me and that's just me yeah and bvs is the same it's like you know, it was a little of a bitter taste when you watch it. You didn't get credit. You're like, God damn it. It's like all that work and our name's not even on it. Ah, whatever. Um, and they took Justice League to London. Ah, damn it. And then you watch the film again. And I'm like, I really like the, like the foundation and the table that he set. Like up until like the birth of Doomsday, I really love that movie. You know, I, you know, the, the warehouse scene to me, um, I kind of wish it was in a different spot in the film, maybe just because the only thing I thought is it kind of outshined the actual fight between soups and Batman. Big time. I, well, I would say I, w- I, I wish that would have been like his intro scene of the film. Like, I, you know, the yeah. intro, intro scene, like I know the, the one, you know, you want to go for spooky and you want to go for him, like branding him and stuff, but you're yeah. right. I think that that scene was too close to uh, that scene was too close to the end, and too and it was too much to like. It's. I mean, I watched out of every out of every scene in the movie. I watched that the most on YouTube. Of course, and it's just it's so well done, and it's brutal, and yeah. you, you know, I like seeing that. It doesn't like I said before though. It's like I could still watch Nolan's film in that doc scene. I can still love that too. Yeah, like I'm but, just one of those guys. Go ahead. But that that warehouse scene, though, I, regardless of where they put it in the in the film, it it was going to outshine yeah, true. everything else yeah. because it's the pinnacle of live action suit and cowl. You know the the whole look of Batman. It's the pinnacle yeah. of that and the pinnacle of Batman's physicality in live action. Like no, nothing else. Like we that it was such a huge step up from what we had everything previous. And we knew it was going to be. I remember when the promotion was going on for BVS, you know, while they were still making it, there was a video from one of the choreographers and he kind of shit on the fight choreography from the Nolan movies. Uh, And, and when he, when he did that and described what we were going to see different in BVS, okay, they're, they're, they're going to go, they're going to go hard in this one. Yeah. I would kind of maybe agree with that comment. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna show the if you're gonna show the fights like that, I, um, yeah, I wasn't really a fan of the Nolan fights too much. Little elbows and yeah, yeah, it's just slow boxing and and some elbows and you know, for for a guy who is supposed to be a master of every martial art. Yeah, that, and you know, again, it's and this is like you get a predicament where you know fan versus employee because. Uh, before the Dark Knight starts, um, just after Prestige, I was working at K&B and we were working on 310 to Yuma. 
And that's when uh, they're like, hey, Christian Bale's coming in because, you know, in the movie, he had a military accident and he's missing a leg. So we're going to mold his leg in case we have to make a prosthetic. I'm like, okay. And they're like, you're going to be able, you know, you're not going to squid out too much on Christian, are you? I'm like, no. So, you know, he came in and he was wearing the Casey t-shirt, you know, the fighting style. And I'm kind of like, Okay, don't say it. Like I didn't really like that fighting style. <laughs> you know what, Christian Bale? You know, like, listen here, you're a great Batman, and I, I dug it. Like the year, like how cool was it to see a ski mask in like the year one aspect? Like there's yeah. so much in Batman Begins that you know whether I like sometimes I've just ah, I've always wanted to see that, and there it is. You have to remember that. And in all these different films, like even from Burton to Zack Snyder, there are these moments where it's like, especially for those of us that, you know, read a lot of the source material, it's like, I wanted to see that. There it is. Thank you. Um, And when Christian Bale came in, I think he just finished uh, Prestige and he was talking about having read The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger was, I think, cast a couple months later, you know, another one, you know, right. Um, And we... He was, a, he was a cool guy. He's very, um, he was into every little detail I was doing. What's that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Like very method. And I enjoyed that. that like his awesome. interest. Yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. What are you and, doing there? Yeah, no, you, oh, yeah, at, least, at least you didn't get yelled at. <laughs> well, you know what? Oh, good for set. you. You're going to cast I, my fucking leg. <laughs> <laughs> hey i've been on sets there's some people that need to get yelled at so there's always context <laughs> you know what i mean yeah when that video came out or the audio anyway um yeah that kind of went around a bit i'm like yeah it's context it's with everything mm-hmm. yeah i would like the like you said the the fighting stuff on but even like the fighting in, in you know like in burton's in the first one in the alleyway it's like i liked all that it's just kind of like it's just cool like for me the whole thing is I want fights instead of armor because my Batman, the one that I loved as a kid and still do the source material one, like he's so good at fighting. He doesn't need the armor. He's like a Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got a knife. Oh, you got a gun. My bare hands. I'm still going to kick your ass. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's why, you know, the warehouse scene, it's going to be hard to top it. So you just don't go for it. But I'll, I'll tell you this unexpectedly while watching Reeves's Batman trailer that little smackdown that he does on that dude yeah was, I cheered yeah. Like, <laughs> I still love the warehouse scene but it's like hey I don't know if Pattinson's going to be able to do it I don't know about that okay just watch that 10 seconds over and over again it's like yeah it's okay <laughs> we'll be fine yeah. super brutal yeah yeah and and something like that feels like that that could be a result of the bar set by the bvs stuff you know like that that warehouse scene it's gonna make everyone else after that okay we have to step up yes batman's physicality now well if we've learned anything as of late especially with you guys and you've been behind the, the zach snyder cut you know like you know, I follow you guys. Um, they have to listen to the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we know for a fact, like, you know, when they talk about director cuts and this and that, it's like, look, it goes back to Richard Donner. People may not know that they filmed the first two Superman movies at the same time. 
And before they finished the second one, they fired Richard Donner from directing and hired someone else to do it. And then later, Richard Donner got his director's cut. Like these sort of things happen all the time. Um, it's just never known about, right? It's just politics behind the scenes. Like I see it a lot, change directors. Look at Solo, you know, look at Rogue One. Rogue One, they invest a different director. They do pickup shots. 300 million becomes a billion. On Solo, they bring in Ron Howard. 300 million becomes 360 million. Some work, some don't. You know, it's, it happens a lot, but it, it was nice to see the momentum behind what was going on with the Snyder Cut. You Historic, know? right? It's just it, like having been part of, like having worked on the films and knowing the people involved, it felt good. Because, you know, we're involved a long time ago when, you know, like, okay, I didn't like the show going to England, but I understand why, you know, you get tax breaks and you get like, you know, like Reeves is out there because the architecture is different. You don't want it to look like Chris Nolan Chicago. We're in Scotland. Look at the different, you know, like there are reasons. It's not always obvious. Um, but that said, it's you hire someone, you let them finish. Yeah. And, and, and also like, to me personally, when I saw the Snyder Cut, I felt yeah. like it was the piece of the puzzle that validated the previous stories and, and made everything better for me. Um, mm -hmm. Even back to Aquaman, you know, I'm thinking about like, it just changed my whole perspective and it just made everything else make sense. You know? Um, yeah. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, from now, from what we know, we're not moving forward with that, but that was the piece of the puzzle that kind of molded everything together. And obviously it validated uh, the stories of cyborg and um, also flash, but that was yeah. what we were missing for all these years. Like it was such a incomplete piece. And um, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have had this. So I think Correct. this is setting a precedent for the future. And also what you were saying before, like uh, with, with these whole uh, reshoots, um, a lot of this is fan driven as well. And without us and our voice, we, you know, we inspire the creators to kind of move forward and, and make this what it should be. So like you said, Star Wars Rogue One, that was more of a corporate thing, but they reshot pretty much the whole movie because of, you know, what they thought. So now with technology and social media, I think uh, people are a lot more cognizant to that. And it's going to be something that's going to, happen more in the future in my opinion yeah well maybe they'll second guess the replacement idea right. a little more you know like like you know uh, robin was talking about the fight scene in the warehouse and bvs and ripple effects that come from events it's like you watch that movie and you think oh they like batman kicking ass yeah newsflash yes we do <laughs> all right <laughs> and then it's like wow the snyder cut got a huge response it's like so they like these guys to be able to finish their visions yes we do <laughs> yeah i mean you know even with bvs they did an ultimate version which was four hours and they had to fix that as well and and that made it better right it, it's tough too it's you know because like one of my favorite directors is ridley scott and he's always got director cuts mm -hmm. yeah. and so you kind of want it like ridley are you allowing this are you like you know, like I work on these films, but I don't know the politics. Like, why was BVS edited, and then why is there an ultimate? 
like you know you could have cut doomsday out of the ultimate i know they wanted superman to end the way it did i get it at the end of the film but maybe the ripple effects from the snyder cut is like you hire someone let them tell their tale Uh, the one thing that i'm surprised didn't ripple yet anyway is i was sure that it was obvious for a long time how much support there was for the snyder cut and when it finally did happen because of that support, it was obvious that the money was going to be there. You know, then you could see if you look in the figures how huge a thing it was for HBO Max. Like it was the the biggest uh, increase that any streaming service had 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 in subscribers and download sessions. But what had to be the second part of that was people had to like it, and when that came out, we did see how great the reviews were and definitely compared to, to the justice league, the, the reviews <laughs> were fantastic and people love this. So, okay. So it made a shitload of money and people like it. Why are you not yet announcing like the, so far they've still just said, no, there isn't going to be, be any more of this. Why the money is there and people like it. Why are we not continuing? I well, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say they purposely um, buried some of the ability to know the full scale of how much money it made off subscriptions as well as streams because they withheld the numbers until Godzilla came out. And then they said that all that was from Godzilla versus Kong. Um, So they're purposely suppressing information on how successful it was for a reason. Yeah, there's a lot of those games, unfortunately. I mean, all like sometimes you learn about that kind of shit and you're like ah. i mean you know like the one thing about the snyder cut like for myself is like i wanted more batman but when they're doing the justice league i know it's going to be minimized you know it's more about the group um i wanted like you know there's no warehouse scene for me there's not like that scene where batman just does his thing yeah. it was more like oh, i i'm the one that got these guys together that's cool because that's the whole point of the justice league right um, but what the Snyder Cut did for me was I wasn't looking forward to the Flash movie before. Now I am. Yeah. Wow. Like, I really, like, I don't understand how you, like, the, the scene that they cut, you know, with the hot dog and the car and the truck. And, yeah. It's like, he was so good. <laughs> like, I did not like him, Ezra, uh, too much in the other cut. Yeah. But in the Snyder cut, when it ended, I'm like, okay, I know Batman are in the Flash movie, but now I'm interested in the Flash movie. You yeah. Know? And same and with the cyborg too, it's kind of, you had an idea that he he was meant for more, but him and his dad were a big, huge part of the heart of that film. You know, and so it's nice to see that expanded upon. That, uh, that that whole storyline may have been the whole pinnacle of that story, if you really think about it. Um, right. he, he's still the show. That whole... that That's what blew me away, the fact that that component was missing. Like, how do you overlook that? You know? it, it and, and along with Flash, it's given so much more credibility to that character. And also that scene where he saved... Um, where he saves the girl from under the truck. Like it's such a yeah. symphony and orchestra and it showcases his ability on what 
the flash is and that wasn't showcased last time it looked like they almost portrayed him like he had a disability or he was like just awkward and this time he became heroic and that's what made the flash in this in this iteration you know that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah but less of a mutant more of a hero yeah like he was more of a parody uh last movie and now he was like wow he is um he deserves to be with these other uh characters this time yeah and there there was a lot of little scenes that, like through the the Snyder cut that you know like more Aquaman and Bruce and like they're chatting the water and you know Aquaman disappearing on him and like the, the, like there's little details like that that were nice right you know um I, whether they go on further it like you know personally I think that you got the Reeves kind of bat verse going and it's cool and you know you got a flash movie coming like the only thing if I cross my fingers and hope for something it's kind of like maybe they're thinking that they are going to move forward and maybe they're just forming a plan and maybe there's more solo films like maybe instead of just skipping to the Avengers like I feel that they tried to do maybe just build it up a little slowly so if they're slowing it down because they're planning that way and the Flash movie is still happening maybe that can be good because if we get a Batgirl movie with Keaton in it that spins off and if we get more Batfleck like you know Maybe this is all part of a plan, but I don't. I just don't have faith in them having a plan. And and even even if they don't have the faith in doing big theatrical releases for some of these mm. things, give us a, a Batfleck HBO Max miniseries or something. You right, know, yeah, do a six, bit. Six ben, episodes, yeah. yeah, Ben and Jeff Johns had written uh, a script for a Batman movie that Jay Oliva, who ran the DC animation stuff for years, said was the yeah. best Batman script he's ever read. <laughs> what, what yeah, that, get, let us see that, that. That seemed like a... Oh, poor Ben. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was tough being part of the circle. and We only heard little things here and little things there. You know, Like, hey, I think Ben's going to direct the solo Batman movie, but it's not going to come out till 2018. Like, what? God, like I remember some of our conversations back then. It's like while working on this film in 2014, the idea how far 2018 was away that we're not getting a solo Batman film for like four more years. And now look, yeah, it's, you know, and it's like maybe the ripple effect that you guys speak of too goes behind the scenes. You know, maybe not just about the movie like the creators like if you hire someone and they got a vision well let them finish it you know and maybe they're taking their time picking the directors for that vision the flash seems like it's going forward that's good reeves got one in the can um you know and now as far as the batfleck stuff i know they're doing aquaman 2 they got flash they got shazam they got black adam i know those movies are all in production because i see uh little things i have friends working on um most of those movies you know i think aquaman 2 is started uh shazam is filming where i'm working did a little something something very small on it Mm -hmm. so what's that shazam all right it's on you know that's kind of how we hear about stuff because on the job things kind of look similar unless you see a cow but when you're seeing muscles and stuff everything looks very similar um 
the thing about the, the the movies is like I'm just hoping that they get a plan. I want them to have a plan because then when you're in it, it doesn't matter. Like just have a like don't try so hard to work towards the end game. Maybe that's difficult for them to do, but just a movie at a time is fine by me. And if you get an idea that like, hey, we're going to do a flash movie, but this time cyborgs in it, okay. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the movie that came before. Yeah, exactly. And and learn from some of the past experience when you hire someone to make a movie maybe don't try to meddle with it after the fact because you've seen how your track record is for that every time you meddle with something it doesn't do so hot and then when people get to see the original version of it they like that a lot more so okay maybe we don't meddle with this one give people the one that they're gonna like yeah i mean the, my generation, my favorite films, uh, Blade Runner and The Thing, and they both did shit at the box office. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, and these days, like they made Blade Runner 2049. I love that movie. Didn't make money. I'm like, I hate that that's part of the narrative. Like sometimes this, like, and I understand why it, you want the money and the returns, but sometimes you concentrate so much on the returns that, you know, they change direct, like, all of these decisions that happen is because they are so focused on the, the, the box office. Yeah. And especially the last, but under, under 10 years, this number has been applied to movies that, you know, that everything is expected to reach this billion dollar box office amount. And if it doesn't reach a billion dollars, it's a failure. Right. So crazy. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's been that way for a while. I remember, I think when I was working on Sin City, um, A.V. Arad came into K&B and Batman Begins had just uh, come out. I loved it. I didn't want to hear anything other, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't talk Batman at work, but I'll never forget A.V. Arad came in. He was talking to a few people, Nick Otero about a future project, this and that. And he brought up Batman begins in a conversation with a circle of people. And he said, yeah, it only did this. What a, what a failure. Okay. And I was, I, I want, you know, it, again, it's, it's hard to be like, don't say a word. And I'm turning around <laughs> looking at him and I'm like, it, it's, it's what I've been waiting for. Like at least the origin and the year one stuff, like, come on, dude, not everything, but it's a business and mm-hmm. the mentality is there. So you can go about the business smartly, you know? Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what they do. I want to see more Ben Affleck Batman. I understand if he's burned out from it yeah. and maybe just, you know, seeing the love that he gets from just getting a little more, hopefully that makes him feel good. You Hope know, so. I, maybe there'll be another Batman. I'm okay. Like even Pattinson, I like, let's do, let's just see him. It's like judging Pattinson's now is no different than people going no to Ben being cast, mm-hmm. you know, and not everybody is ever, everyone saying no to uh, Heath Ledger being cast as Joker. Yeah. And Mr. Mom is Batman, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> History repeats itself. It's kind of yeah. funny that way. Yeah. It does. It's just, it's so weird. Like, I, I guess I just talk to a lot of people within the shops and I'm like, look, I grew up on comic books and there was different artists and different story arcs. And then there was legends of the dark Knight and shadow of the bat Batman detective comics. 
And I was one that hated crossovers. Like when they did the whole like Nightfall, Night Quest and all that, I hated that I had to go buy a Catwoman magazine to find out where the story was going. <laughs> I know that's nerd chatter, but like I like things bottled up. And so when they start talking about universes, I'm like, I don't mind if they tie together. But I'm also, I love that they take the stories like, you know, like even when I'm following your podcast, sometimes I got to wait because, you know, I haven't read White Knight 2 yet. Because I, I wait for things to get assembled. Like, I like one shot. I like binging. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's just, it, I've just, I've always been that, like, since I started working a lot, like, in my younger days, it's just, it's easier for me just to sit down and read it beginning to end. And just, with the internet, it's tough not to know things. It's really tough. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then if you've seen some spoilers for things, it can take the window to your sales for getting around to, to reading it. Like, well, Maybe uh, I won't bother reading that today since I already know how it ends. Yeah, a little bit. I think my older self is getting much better at it. Like, you, you know, if, if you're going to be that pissy about it, just take a couple hours and read the darn thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, I'll be curious to see where they go. It's been fun working on them. I mean, you know, it's like Sin City, I got to meet Frank Miller and it's like, kind of like, hey, dude, thanks. You know, it's like, oh, hey, it's great. You know, yeah, um, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for the uh, the Joker, you know, I just, uh, I'm not a fan of the Leto look, um, I, yeah. I, maybe he's got the, maybe he can do it as an actor, sure, you never know, but I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping they sneak it into, uh, I had some friends of mine that I've worked for in the past uh, that worked on Reeves' Batman, um, so they did the Penguin. So I, I keep reaching out to him and, and asking for hints. Like uh, mm-hmm. any white face, you know, any white faces yet? Any white faces? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. he did, uh, like it, Mike Marino is the guy that owns the shop and his company's name is Pro Renefex. Um, so they did like Coming to America too. Um, they've, they did makeup in the Joker, Todd Phillips' Joker. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, like you know when arthur kind of went nuts with the white face in his apartment when he had the visitors yeah yeah well um you know yeah so there was some damage on the taller clown yeah lee gill was uh was one of those guys we had him on the show before right 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 the one that watched and couldn't reach the, yeah. like, that yeah that great scene great scene yeah yeah and and and, uh, and and how much of it was uh just walking ad living yeah i just like for me it's like even that it's like you know, if they do something like that, that like if you could have the emotional connection, then I'm like, okay, I don't need to see the perma white. Yeah. You know, like even he, it's like, you know, he's great. He's fine. You know, it's like I'm a fan, but also it's just like entertain my ass, you know, but we'll see. Yeah. And I, I have oh. to feel like if, uh, if Reeve is going to bring in a Joker into what we're feeling from his world already. It's mm. gonna be a look just what he's doing with Riddler, how dark his Riddler is. His Joker is he's gotta be like a seven level kind of yeah. Joker. I'm thinking that uh, Reeves is well familiar with Lieber and Mayo's work. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, that, 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 yeah. yeah that, that was the direct vibe that I got from just seeing his initial suit. I thought yeah. Lee. And during during a uh, couple months ago, we had Lee on there, and we had like a reaction, and 
you know, I, we even asked him, like, do you think that there's a lot of uh, inspiration from your suits? And, you know, he, he acknowledged that, but there's definitely a component where it's a little modge podge, but I see a lot of that uh, damned and also Noel uh, references to the chess panel mm-hmm. in itself is screams Libra Maho to me. Yeah. Also the importance of like, even like Anton first got like Gotham needs a certain Gothic feel to it for myself yeah you know and the backgrounds are important i like artists that take the time like kelly jones is good at that as well and jim lee every once in a while would sneak it in like give me some depth and so with reeves filming in scotland and parts of like where he's at on location makes me think that he's going for it as well you know you shoot things in chicago and pittsburgh you're not going to get that yeah right it's a whole different aesthetic and uh hopefully the plan is there's a trilogy and that just gives us that whole platform just to expand more rogues um it gives us more batman for the next eight years you know that's what we need it's been it's been a while it's been a long time man it's been a long time he's been working on that movie for like i know there's a pandemic and everything you know that said i hope you know, I hope you fellas and your families and everybody's doing good because it's been one hell of a year, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going on, we're going on a, a year and a half, you know. But obviously, things are looking better. But it's been a good fourteen months, and yeah. I know you, uh, you talk about a little bit um, about how like people just can't let go of, you know, they certain people they can't, you know, Ben Affleck's or Batman, they want nobody else, you know. Uh, you, Jared Leto, they can't. Well, I'm not Jared Leto. What's his name? Heath Ledger. They don't want anybody else for Joker. But there was this like um, supposed. I mean, it's it was nowhere else but on. I think Twitter, so you knew it was bogus. But there was this supposed leak of information from the set of the Batman, where um, apparently, like, uh, what's his name? Some some on set person was reporting that um, Robert Pattinson had slept with uh, Zoe Kravitz on top of the Batmobile and that Matt Reeves had caught them personally. And uh, it was literally, I mean, it was so obviously fake because it was definitely somebody who's like this hardcore Zack Snyder, Ben Affleck fan was just trying to inject this bogus story to make it sound like Rob Pattinson was going to get fired and like they were going to, and and Matt Reeves was uh, threatening to quit and like storm out. But it's just so funny the lengths fans will go to like try to hold on to dear life, like for the one iteration of a character that they want. And um, but yeah, man, it's, I, I'm kind of with you now. It's like these things these things can all coexist on different timelines and different dimensions. And so it's cool, man. Like I mean, I think that we're spoiled now. We have like just a couple of you know months ago, maybe it was last year, we we're like, oh my god. The, I mean, until I got pushed back, the Batman and Justice League Snyder Cut is going to come out in the same year like holy crap it's gonna be amazing because you're getting you know everybody gets what they want you're getting a little bit of uh ben affleck if you want something new and fresh you got some of the robert pattinson stuff so you can't really complain when things are and now you know if you're a michael keaton fan he's getting you're getting his little sliver of whatever's gonna happen in the flash so it's like it's a good time to kind of dip you know the fact that i hope i hope that's the one thing the studio takes is like fans can fans can handle multiple iterations at the same time in film so like they're gonna buy the ticket they're gonna stream the film they're gonna pay for it so give it to us you know i hope that's something that continues on but who knows yeah fan service is okay yeah 
like it, it seems like like sometimes people come around to it and then some guys you know like producers or directors they think that they gotta like i can't copy the source material i have to make my own statement it's like no it's okay to give them what they expect yeah like sometimes it, it's it's okay it's like you know like marvel is just marvel's thing it's like the comic books they've always had a different type of thing for me that's why i never read the books and when people compare like superhero like isn't like you know i got friends watching the the superman and lois show on tv and they say it's fine you know so bring back henry it's okay like the out of this whole thing it just i guess i'm most upset about like just henry and ben i like you know if there's anything that snyder i thought like his casting of the Trinity was just spot on. Yeah. The rest yeah, of it, sure. like, I can, you know, I can give or take, like, I don't mind it. You know, I, you know, I worked with Momoa a couple of times. He's, he's a really nice dude. And he, I kind of see him as Aquaman now, um, you know, and Ezra, especially after the Snyder cut, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of curious to see more flash, maybe like more of what was intended, but I really want to see more like Henry. And Ben, because yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I know we got a lot of them so far, but it's kind of like, they're really good. And I would love for that to continue, you know, like what Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. got with Marvel, you know, yeah. and maybe yeah. they will. I mean, maybe that's just the, the ripples haven't set. And, you know, because being in the film industry, I'll tell you, it's, it's been tough because of the protocols and, and working with actors and, you know, the environments and the PPE because of the, you know, the COVID and being safe and testing all the time. And a lot of productions are simply waiting until this hurdle is over. Mm -hmm. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that we were talking about, like before the pandemic that are now kind of verbally resurfacing for 2022. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, so there's like, that may be part of it too. You know, the reason why we're not hearing too much is just maybe they're just waiting till it's safer and they could not have to worry about so much PPE and shoot where they want and hire the crews, you know? Yeah, because it, it really does make everything so much more difficult. It does. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. There, there's more gone into the safety of everyone that's that's on set and less time available to shoot because of all the safety precautions. So yeah, it makes everything just so much more difficult. Oh yeah. And, and then going and, back. and then when somebody does get sick, then everything has to stop. Yeah. The, the some, you know, different companies are a little different, but some are like, even if you test everybody the next day and everybody's good, you still get a 14 day lockdown. Everybody's no matter what, it's just, and, you know, so the apprehension and like, yeah, it's tough, man. It really is. So it kind of makes sense for those that can afford it that are waiting. And, you know, I just hope that maybe the Snyder cut, like you said, it's, it's positive ripples. It's like, it, and they obviously they're paying attention to the Snyder cut. Wouldn't happen. Lightning in a bottle for AT&T and HBO max. And these people that were making the profit but maybe it's a slap in the face that Warner brothers and DC needed too. Hope so. You know, it's yeah. It's like, that's the only thing you could hope for is like learn what worked, pay attention to what didn't work and then move forward. Okay. He, here's know? a question for you. So 
Oh, please. You, you loved obviously getting the chance to work on Batman to, to, to do that cowl that we all got to see. So say they decided to jump back on and continue this universe. Who is a character that you would love to work on something for that you haven't been able to? Um, in that in the Bat universe, yeah, in in any of it, in the in the the Snyderverse, whatever you know, say oh. they were, they were gonna, if they if they could bring in anyone that you would get to to work on that character, who, who would you like to see and, and and get to work on? I think because of my creature and movie background, I just I want a man bat movie. Yes. Nice. I, I, I want transformations. I want American Werewolf with a bat and Batman in it. Yeah, like you yeah. know what I mean. That's what I want. I want a horror movie. Uh, you For know, sure. and I want something that's like creepy, scary, gothic, and like, yeah, that's. I would love to see that. And like, I, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but you know, we'll see. That would. Rule. And I still want to work. You know, like even on the BVS, they did, we did a blue material test, like, you know, because they're like, you can find pictures, like there's one of them where it's only at the front of the cow and it's got more wrinkles in the crow's feet. And it was, it was basically a test mold that we had and they had like five or six runs and they were all stacked up. And there's a picture. I think Reeves has one. He sent it to me. Um, and we, they did a blue run out of it blue foam latex just for giggles and ha-has wow and i remember looking at it and i'm like that's something i want to work on it's not done yet i want a long-eared blue cow <laughs> mm. yeah but as cool. far as it, I, I, yeah i think man bat for sure you know i he, yeah it's very important i he's so he's so good and i i think scarecrow can be revisited in a, in a, a different way for sure you know um if if they look if they looked at the treatment of i know you said you don't play the games but the treatment of man bat in uh the arkham knight game mm -hmm. that mission with him feels very much like a horror movie you know it's complete with jump scares oh really and uh yeah i, I think it would work really well so robin are you saying that i need to play this game <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad idea if you want to be Batman. <laughs> I well, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, I, I don't want to get hooked. That's my but problem. It's, with it, yeah, it, it is a lot of time. You know what? I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you a video because there are people that take video games and turn them into like they take all the cutscenes and pertinent gameplay moments and they make movies out of them. And uh, there's oh, one of the of the Man Bat story. Mm, that would be so cool yeah i would love to see yeah i just a horror movie and i just naturally i feel that the scarecrow and man bat lend themselves to the the horror genre yeah but you know to be completely honest make something up too yeah mm -hmm. i don't know you know but then you know, like even if they want like something more, like court of owls it's like there's a story like yeah, yeah. That, that needs to happen one day you know, it, and with the animated movies, there's an opportunity there. But the thing about the animated movies that I don't like is I think they get too creative. They do. Like, I don't need to see Batman on the rooftop and Killing Joke. Okay. 
And when if I never saw Gotham by, Gotham by Gaslight, but someone told me that, well, it's not Jack the Ripper, it's so-and-so. And I was like, yeah. why would... Yeah, they completely changed that one. Like, every rogue you can think of is in the Gotham by Gaslight animated movie. Right. But yeah, they, they, they take too many liberties with those stories. I know what you mean. It seems like the perfect platform to explore these movies on a, a maybe a smaller budget and a higher frequency and yeah. not having to worry about conflicting actors at the same time. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, like with their live action, it's like, if you're going to do that story, just do that story. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you're starting with some good questions, Robin. I think we, we need to go into the lightning round because there's more questions I feel like are just like that, that we can get Rob okay. to answer. Oh, please. Um, let's go with favorite... M&M, peanut butter, I'm sorry, peanut or regular? Or, or peanut butter. Or peanut butter. Uh, uh, peanut, I'm a peanut M&M guy. Peanut, okay. Yes. Favorite yeah. Batman movie soundtrack? Uh, yeah, favorite Batman movie soundtrack? 89. Destiny, like Descent in the Mystery. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. How many times have you turned that on while you're driving home? Right behind that, I, beautiful lie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's awesome. I really like. Yeah, those two, those two. Even and, and, and and also you can't forget about Kiss from a Rose, but you know that's like the uh, bronze. Thing. <laughs> we'll see. Having worked on that film, that was our cleanup. Like every day at work, someone thought it was a good thing to like when we cleaned up at the end of the day. That was our song. <laughs> It was already known that that was like the song for the movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right. We get the soundtracks in advance. Remember, the movie's done way before you see it in the theater. So is the music. Oh, yeah. true. Yeah. So it's like we had what? Smash it up, you know? And, oh yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's the offspring, right? Spring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Before YouTube... you see the movie, you know the music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we grew up in that era. You know, we're eighties yeah. to nineties kids. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was. That was such an amazing uh, time growing up. Just getting those soundtracks and just having them associated with our favorite movies was something that really doesn't happen too much right now. Yeah, I would imagine Batman Forever in your eyes is much different than in my eyes. Well, Teases was just sipping out of a Batman Forever McDonald's collectible glass. Actually. Oh, cheers! Oh, cheers! <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm. Um, I think Batman '89 came out when I was in the second grade, so. That was definitely my favorite, and also Batman Returns. Um, yeah. It's funny. Um, my daughter jumped in before, and I told her who you were, and she, uh, she's only eight years old, and her favorite movie is Batman and Robin. And she all said, right. "Tell him, tell him what my favorite movie is." I was like, "All right, all right." <laughs> but you know, as a, as a kid, that you get everything out of that movie, you know, visually and like storytelling and. You get all the rogues, and I can understand why that's her favorite. Yep. And to yeah. me, it, you know, obviously, like eighty nine and returns is my go to, but I can see visually why it's so appealing to someone so young. Well, I think it's who it was marketed towards, and uh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> big time. That's that's. I mean, she's right in that two year age group that that movie was made for. Yeah. So I think she's seen it by herself. She's seen it about eighteen times. You know, oh, set okay. set story aside. Um, set story aside, 
but I will fight to the death uh, for the visuals. The I mean, it's a toy. It's a toy commercial. So, yeah, like the hype, the, yeah. the gadgets, the suits, the the Batmobile. Like, I still think that looks cool to me. You know, they have that stuff on display at the studio tour, and they have it out for a reason because it looks cool still, regardless of the story. So. Right. Yeah, aesthetically, it's really fun. And, but Rob, you know, I, it's funny. I'll uh, I'll defend Batman Forever to the death, even with all its faults as far as story. I'll still defend that movie. I think probably because at the time when it came out, that was the first Batman movie that I remember I bought my own ticket for, and that mm. I bought toys for. And so, you know, I think there's a little obvious nostalgia. But there's parts of that movie that I think are like the way that they explore the psychology of being Batman. Like I really like that. So. Well, yeah, well, it's all about like context too. It's like I know a lot of times people like to like just pick one and they prioritize things. I'm like, well, Adam West, I grew up on that, and Burgess Meredith is still the best Penguin. Yeah, yeah, for me, because people talk about Danny DeVito. I'm like, it doesn't mean that I don't like Danny DeVito. It's just like like when you guys are talking about these films in the '90s. They are exactly what they needed to be at that time. You yeah. know, Batman Forever, if you toned down Jim Carrey a little bit, maybe the movie would be more my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and they cut out our big bat that, you know, so oh. that was a, go- a going uh, joke in our shop at work was riddle me this, riddle me that. Why is McDonald's afraid of our bat? <laughs> yeah. You know, d- have you seen that there's a push for release the Schumacher cut? Oh, our bat's going to get back in it, isn't it? That, that's well, that's one of the biggest things. One of the biggest things is they, uh, you know, because that deleted scene is out there. So people are posting it, reposting it. And one yeah. of the things that I see the most is a screenshot of that scene where he's in the Batcave and, you know, he, he stumbles upon that. So, um, right. yeah, there's, there's a hashtag release the, the Schumacher cut. The, the, they hey. call it the Red Book Edition. The Red, oh, because of Val Kilmer's, Bruce Wayne's book. Right? Yeah, his, his dad's journal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Well, but, bring it. Why not? They do yeah. it for all these other films. Yeah, yeah, But You know what I mean? Yeah, so, okay, so, um, I mean, you kind of already answered it, but uh, Panther Suit and Panther Suit and Sonar Suit or Clooney Suit and Arctic Suit? Uh. The panther cow is one of my favorite cows. So panther wins. Yeah. If you add leather texture to the panther cow, I'm like, yeah, we're, but it's a little too polished, but the form is the, it's Neil Adams. It's it. Yeah. That long ear. Yeah. Love the panther. Jose nailed that cow. Was it, this, was it the same team that did the sonar stuff? Yeah. That was just kind of added on stuff later, you know, like toys and different, you know, we have yeah. to have another suit. Okay. Yeah, What's yeah. going to happen? I don't know. And then like with the Clooney, <laughs> like I think Clooney's suit's the same and then they just did a new cowl. And then I think Jose, like Miles Tevez did the Robin suit sculpture uh, for Batman Forever. And then uh, Jose, because they didn't need to redo Clooney's main suit, um, Jose did the Robin Nightwing uh, suit in Batman and Robin. And then the silver things were appliances on the old like tech suit, I think, right? They were just like little things that, like they didn't redo the entire suit. They added and glued down yeah. sections and painted them silver. It looks like it looks like uh, it looks like armor. Like I think that's what they like. I don't know. Yeah. It looks like an Arctic. They wanted to go with the Arctic blasts Kenner suit. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're like 
like if I'm the guy that says that they should relax and have some more fun with it, then I got to take what they give me in that arena. Uh -huh. You know, if you want more comic book, it's like, especially with Batman forever, like even like with the, the, the glow in the dark, like makeups and effects, like that was kind of not as popular and hard to do back then. So like, you know, that alley sequence where you had uh, Dick Grayson take the yeah. Batmobile yeah. and you go in there with like the glowing set pieces and the glowing faces and like that wasn't easy to light and to do. That's no like, way. it was a huge thing. I had friends that were on set with that. And they're like, you should see it. The whole set's glowing in the, like straight out of a comic book. Yeah. Maybe at that time, because, you know, comic book movies weren't what they are now. Like, I think that that was too comic booky for the 90s. Yeah. Like if you if you deliver a movie like Batman Forever now, where comic books, it's now they're accepted and they're cool popular culture. Um, maybe the response is different. Mm. You know, like I watch Marvel movies, and I think my favorite Marvel movies are like the Ant Man movies. You know, mm. Ant Man and the Wasp, like little capers. I'm sure, Bat, like Jim Carrey and all that, it would be fine right now. Yeah, especially with the oh, Marvel, right. like Thor. You know, Thor was so Thor. The last Thor movie was so silly, right? But that's a comic book, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, to me, anyways, it's like I don't read a lot of comics. I just I have a particular favor that I like. You know, the Batman stuff. But it's like there's obviously an audience that likes the other stuff. I just don't think the '90s was quite ready for it yet. But like you guys said, your kids are the judge. You know, put your put the movie on, put your kids in front of it, and what yeah. happens? Eighteen times, he said. Yeah, like yeah, like the, does this age well after twenty five years, or you know, like that's that's the real consensus. Like, will it have a legacy? Not right. because of us, it's because of them. You know, I bet you ten years from now, people will watch Schumacher before Nolan. Oh man. You're you're really upsetting the uh, the coalition. They keep going to that one. <laughs> They're gonna. It's interesting. Worse. It's interesting though to think about how movies might have done if they came out in different times. Like you know, if right. if you think about BVS itself came out in the age of the Marvel movie formula, yeah. and was not accepted by so many people who believed that what the Marvel movies do is what a comic book movie is supposed to be. What if that had come out, you know, 10 years before the Marvel movie started or. Yeah, it's it, it, like and also like, you know, for instance, at Ironhead, like when we were working on BBS, another thing that happened is like as the whole uh, Civil War was being done. And after I finished BBS, I left it and was working at a different studio and Jose called me and he's just like, hey, I need you to come and do a life cast. I'm like, OK, he's like. Um, you come over Wednesday after work. And I'm like, sure. And when I got there, it was Chadwick Boseman. Oh, cool. Uh, and I was wow. like, hey, how's it going? And so we did his uh, hand cast, his feet cast, and his head cast. And then afterwards, you know, I looked at Jose and I said, what's going on? He's like, Black Panther's in Civil War. And rumor has it that Spider-Man's coming in quick too. It's like, oh, what's geez. going on? It's like, well, it's, you know, part of the, what we were hearing was Robert Downey Jr. is a little upset that Chris Evans has become the face of Marvel. So the next Captain America film, they're going for it. All the chips got pushed in. So it seemed like BVS and Civil War were both like 
kind of up in their ante as they were making it, knowing what the other person was doing, uh-huh. you know, because it seemed like it was all kind of going on at the same time. And maybe yeah, competing yeah. with Marvel was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Maybe. It's well, just it's a whole they, different, it's just a whole different animal. You know, you just have to focus on what you do best. But like, you know, maybe there's something to be said, like if Aquaman solo movie can make a billion dollars, yeah. maybe people do like the solo films. Yep. You know, and maybe what the Snyder cut opens up the door to a successful flash movie. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see more cyborg, you know, I'd love to see more Ben, but I could definitely see them putting more cyborg and the flash, the flash film with the Batman added characters and with what I saw in the, the Snyder cut, the flash film has a good, like if they do those solo films and nail them, they can build the universe back up. For sure. They just have to remember that before, you know, they had Avengers, they had what, five, six years of solo films. Like it took time. Right. You know, so don't rush it and it'll be worth it. You know, I didn't, don't want, like, I never thought that a solo Batman film made by Matt Reeves would take what, seven years, but <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting. I just, like you said, Tom, it's like, we're, you know, we got to just, we're getting some good stuff and instead of nitpicking it, maybe just appreciate it and enjoy it. And like, you know, like I grew up a kid in the seventies where, you know, before you can watch movies at home, like they'd bring them back the next summer to the theater. Right. So like when, you know, like when empire strikes back was coming to the theater that summer, like, in the springtime, like a month before, they brought back Star Wars. So you get to see the movie again, and they were building up their hype. You know, I, I named that because when I was a kid, that was kind of like like movies that had sequels. That was kind of like the only one in town besides Jaws, you know, because now it's a thing. But I think people just, you know, it is what it is. And if you don't like it, it's okay. And it, if someone else likes it, it doesn't mean that they suck or their opinion is like any lesser than yours it's like everything's very like competitive now instead of just like if you dig it you dig it you know like when we were growing up who do you like mazzicelli it's like ah yours are too short kelly jones for the win i'm like mazzicelli's awesome it's like black and gray he's like ah kelly jones's ears are better like they're too long how's he he gonna fit in the car you know these were friends we were having these chats and it was okay real real problems you know it's like yeah it's like enjoy that kind of stuff i just think maybe they're taking them a little too seriously but maybe it's because there's billions of dollars at stake right it's it's and that's that's got to be tough like in the end i'm just whether it's high on my list of favorite films or not i'm happy that snyder got to like go back revisit you know because i had a lot of friends work on those films you know, it's a top list too, like as a production designer, like everything you saw, it's like, you know, Snyder's directing it, but also, you know, a friend of mine designed a lot of that stuff, you know? So a lot of those scenes and the backgrounds and the elements that are visual, well, the director works, you know, hand in hand with the production designer on what you see with the art director. So like all of that added stuff that was missed like my friends, a lot, of it, you know, a lot of it was their art that they were hired by Zach to do. So there's a lot of people that got to say, hey, you know, years later, you get to finally see my work. 
So across the board, that's cool. You know, I know a lot of the focus is like, you know, hip, hip, hooray for Zach, which is cool. But, you know, there's hundreds of people that work on a lot of stuff that's now in the film yeah. that can now watch it and go, before it was on the cutting room floor, didn't make the cut. You know, maybe now, now look, you can see my work because I work long and hard. You know, like if they do the red book version of Batman Forever, you can see the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there has to be, you know, what it's all about is there's just so much emotional attachment to that as an artist. Mm-hmm. And for you to finally see it on, on film gives that person that gratification as opposed to just having the uh, director take all the accolades for that. Right. And, you know, for Zach, there's a lot of personal things. There's a lot of emotions involved. And I can't imagine, yeah. like, like he's got to feel pretty goddamn good right now. Because, like, oh, yeah. like, the only, in a very, very small, minute fraction of it, like, even when someone says, hey, you worked on BVS? Yeah, that fucking suit was badass. Like, I didn't really, like, okay, I molded muscles, but that doesn't mean I put the suit together. That doesn't mean I made the fabric. Okay, I molded the emblem. You know, I kind of worked on the cowl with my friend Jim, you know, and then Jen, she did the fabrication of the inside of the cowl, putting the skull cap in there. Most of it's all Jose. Like, we're all an army led by one who has, a, like, and then he's got a leader. You know, sometimes it's just good to know that what you spent time on is, like, it's appreciated after time. Yeah. That's my favorite part of what we worked on is, like, you know, you talked about it, too, like, how things age. Right. I work on a lot of things that got forgotten. You know, you saw that resume. It's like nobody talks about yeah. 98% of it. <laughs> but it, it yeah. like when people talk about Batman, like, you know, Pattinson, they released a picture. Like, I don't dislike it that much, but it kind of feels good when people are like, ah, bad flip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're definitely in that, in that batch. Well, yeah, I just, you know, like, it's hard to compete with something that looks straight from the page, especially if you're one that spent a lot of time reading those pages. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. It's like, you know, a lot of these guys that have an opinion, it's like, when's the last time you read a comic book? Not that your opinion matters less, but I'm just saying my perspective is different. Right. Like they hey, you, looked at your, you know, go ahead. Uh, you, you mentioned how much, uh, gets ignored and like how much of your resume like you know the things that we have talked about so far versus the things that that wouldn't come up i wonder how many times people watch something and don't realize that something they're seeing is is a mold like we talked about uh jeffrey dean morgan in in watchmen like people don't realize that he had a muscle suit under there make making him look like comedian and right. before before we got you on, Tom and I were talking earlier, and we were debating what you had maybe done in Meet the Fockers. Oh, <laughs> there there was, I, I think it was a mold of a. Is that's the one where Robert De Niro had the the breast? Oh yes. my God! No <laughs> way! Is that what you... Tom Cole. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, the the funniest part is uh, my fiance Beth Hathaway who she's in her own right goes all the way back to Edward Scissorhands and Jurassic Park. Like she's been in the film industry since the late eighties. She assembled the uh, fake breasts on the fabric with Velcro and pump mechanism for Mr. De Niro to wear. So, yeah. 
<laughs> that is awesome. It's, so it's <laughs> always these. It's and, but it's the stories are so odd and weird. Like even like Sin City, right? I got to meet Frank Miller, and then the next day. So what's going on? Well, Robert Rodriguez is coming to town, but his band is playing at the 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 Hard Rock in Hollywood, right? Or what's what's no the House of Blues? That's the place that okay. used to be there. So his band's playing at the House of Blues. Greg Nicotero takes the three designs. We did a, a forehead, nose, and then different cheeks and chin. The makeup is two pieces, but we did A, B, and C option for each. We put him in Greg Nicotero's car. He drives into Hollywood, the House of Blues. So after Robert Rodriguez is playing guitar on stage, he gets together with Greg. They have a few drinks, and they decide what the makeup design for Marv is. Like, that's how this stuff happens. Wow. so funny. Like, that, you know, like... You know, it's crazy sometimes. It's very yeah. cool that uh, that you've worked with uh, Nicotero too. Uh, I've been a big fan of his for a long time because he comes straight from Tom Savini. Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. He's uh like when it comes to the Savini and the Romero and um, yeah, he's like the number. Like it's, I think it's awesome that Walking Dead happened for him because mm-hmm. it it's kind of like he is the zombie guy. Yeah, like every time, like you know, it's like we were working on other stuff, and like Sin City was a cool show, but comic books aren't really, you know, Greg's thing. He was always a zombie guy, so like when this comes through, it's kind of like it just makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and working over there was fun. We did like a, like a Transformers movie. We did like Island, like a Michael Bay movie there, and you know, Narnia. Worked on a couple Narnia films with big minotaurs and a bunch of fantasy animals, and you know, it, it, it was fun working over there, but yeah, meeting Frank Miller kind of like, you know, when you look back, especially after time, like these little moments, it's like we're working on Sin City. Yeah. Frank Miller's in the shop. Batman. What about Sin City? Batman. It's like, <laughs> you know, are you going to be okay? You're not going to squid out on them. I'm like, I'm going to be okay. God. Well, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Like, you know, sometimes like doing your job, like when you meet people like that, um, you know, they're just people and they like to be treated normally. Sure. You know, like meeting, like when we met Batfleck, it's like, we had no idea, like what we see now, we had no idea. Yeah. The only thing we knew is like, wow, he's pretty tall. He likes Batman a lot. The sketches on Jose's wall look pretty neat. I mean, it would be cool to see it black and gray, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like year one. All right. Maybe and we'll see what happens. And then years later, you look at it and like even people that booed him before it, it's nice to see them saying, well, can we have more, more, yeah, yeah. please? Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, it, I hope Ben sees that and that helps him just, even if he doesn't come back, just know that, well, you put in the time and the right people, the, the people that were meant to receive that and appreciate it did. Cause that's the other thing too. Like when you make these projects and you think you're going to make a billion dollars, you just expect everything that like everybody's going to love it. And that's maybe that's the wrong way to go about it. I understand why they do because making a billion dollars is great, but you know what I mean? And then they start following actors around and hopping over fences and chasing them in his mm-hmm. car. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't stop picturing you being in like in a blockbuster, you know, 10 years ago or whatever and you someone says oh let's get meet the fuckers and you just go oh i worked on that oh what'd you do i made a boob yeah, exactly well you know the hardest part for me is going into comic book shops 
or like eavesdropping on, you know, like when I'm in there and they start comparing like the movie, this and movie that, and then they start talking about what they heard. Oh, like, you know, yeah. it, it, it's it kind of, especially if you know the truth and you got it. Like sometimes you just don't engage. Like, you know what I heard on set? I heard this. I heard this person said that. And you're like, oh, I'm glad you think that. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, you know, on the BVS thing, it was funny. Like, you see all these pictures that were like old, fuzzy, black and whites. This is Ben Affleck and his cow. It's a leaked photo. No, it's not. <laughs> Are you going to tell them it's not? No, I'm just going to let these people believe whatever they believe. <laughs> yeah. And then the first picture, Zach, I really wish that we had an iconic like gargoyle standing Batman as the first picture instead of the pouty picture. Yeah. Sad man. Well, yeah. yeah, Cause it's like, we waited like we waited for so long for everybody to like see what we made. And then it became a meme. We're like, Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. I still thought it was badass. (laughs) Oh, he looks great. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like that magenta, like they finally in the, the injustice league, you know, like when Gordon looks up and you see him up there on the gargoyle and he's standing there in the dark. That's kind of cool. Those yeah. little images, right? Batman mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. So it's Chicago or New York pizza. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Getting back to it. I forgot, I forgot we're in the middle of the lightning round. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a not so quite lightning round. Nice, but... nice, uh, <laughs> nice transition. No, because uh, there was a part of me that was like, you know, I'm no Kelly Jones or Lee Braham or like Paul Dini. It's like these guys, do I get to do the lightning round? <laughs> yeah, man. Of course. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it, man. What, what's, what is it? The, uh, deep dish or uh, New York style? Um, having had both. Uh, and the New York style wins. All right, go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, it does. We, I mean, you're, uh, you live on the West Coast, so you know, like, it's really hard. You got to find a place, man, that does good pizza because I just had, you, know, you got to go there. You have yeah. to go there. I just had little Caesars there. and I almost cried into it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Watching little Caesars is, kind of, well, if you're going to well, watching little Caesars, what I was going to say was eating little Caesars is kind of like watching the, what do you call the weed and cut? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Justice League. The Justice League. League. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, it, when you hit play, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. You order Little Caesars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the other one? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Robin, what are some other ones that we normally throw out there? I'm like, I'm drawing a blank. I keep it's thinking a, about. We, it's, it, it's been a long time, but, you know, the whole Shake Shack in and out. But oh, my I, God. I, I, I already know the answer for him. So I don't know. I think, well, Shake Shack's got better fries. Because, you know, like, it's, it's it's so weird, though. Like, I was, you know, Beth is working out in Atlanta, and I went out there in um, in April just to visit. She's been out there on a, on a movie for a while. And when I was out there, a guy asked me, where are you from? L.A. And he's just like, fucking In-N-Out, man. I'm going to come out to California. got to taste an In-N-Out burger. I'm like, you're in Georgia, and you're going to L.A., and you want to, like, In-N-Out, they talk it. What? I'm like, it's okay. It's a pretty good burger. But yeah, it's way more popular than I thought. Yeah. Like outside of California. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, but you know, yeah, well, unless it's the animal style fries. You know, it's interesting, this whole thing, this whole debate about in and out versus uh, Shake Shack. And I've heard, you know, I, we just talked about what's real, what's not. I've heard 
I can't confirm, but I've heard that Shake Shack meat is made of people. So I don't know. <laughs> That's why it's so good. Do it. <laughs> Do it that information what you will. I mean, I shit, they, they charge you like $9 a burger. It can't be a cow. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, you know, the thing that like, if you're not from LA and you don't see the in and out lines, like it's a going joke with Beth and I because every time we drive by in and out and the line is so long that it's affecting traffic on every street. Yeah. You, you know, I just look at people like, why are you waiting for 45 minutes or an hour for an in and out burger? Like just go home and cook your own or something. It's, it's a phenomenon. And, it, and yeah, when, when someone brought it out and I was on the other side of the country, I was like, wow, it's a real thing. It is. They're, they're good burgers, man. They're good. You know what they do? The, the smartest thing is in and out. They minimize the menu. Everything's fresh. And they, they give it to you quick and it's hot. Yeah. Right. And, and they're consistent. Every time you go there, it's going to be as good as it was the time before. Like, and it's just a small menu and they do what they do well. Yeah. And if you get the, and the French fries, you got to eat them quick because once they cool, nope. True. <laughs> um how, how do you dress your hot dog this is one for the hot dog fans i'm a mutts up guy ketchup and mustard mixed. Oh, man. again you're gonna make yeah. some people mad with that ketchup but okay <laughs> i know yeah apparently that's uh that's a thing uh i i mean i don't put ketchup on hot dogs but uh, apparently it's a thing that a, a lot of people swear you're not supposed to you, you can get it with the relish the sweetness if you want it you get it with the relish but, oh, is that the? I'm sorry, Tom. I, well, I mean, I, I, I gotta, don't care either way. I'll put I'll put cereal on a hot dog. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too many hot dogs, but you know, I, yeah. when I do, I like mutts up. Yeah, yeah. When you read oh, wow. a Batman comic, and this might not be—I mean, because you've been reading the comics, so maybe it, it, it's always been, or it, it doesn't change. But when you read a Batman comic, whose voice do you hear when Batman speaks? Kevin Conroy. There you go. I knew you were going to say that. How can you not? That's what everyone should say. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's on your intro. How cool is that? I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, and the, the other thing, too, with the animated show is, like, Mask of the Phantasm, I saw it in the theater with, like, three other people. But, like, I moved to L.A. Like, I moved away from home in, like, 1992. So when that show was starting you know, when you're away from home and you're kind of like lonely and whatnot, like that show happened to become popular at the perfect time where like when I'm not working or like I could just watch Batman. Yeah. It's like kind of like when I was a kid with the TV show. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. I had a distraction and I think the using the black backgrounds was a brilliant idea. Like yeah. that, that that's a whole two, three hour conversation, just the animated search. You know, sure. And I hear they're bringing that back, right? Like, someone that's, told me that they're going to bring it back. Some, that, that, that's a rumor. Yeah, some, we're, some we're hoping so. Yeah, yeah if the, you know, it's the team, though, man. You know, sometimes yeah. I wonder about Bruce Tim because he had Batman on the rooftop with Batgirl. But <laughs> well, I just it's got to be said, you know. Yeah, but like, but like, you, yeah. you should have heard the gasps in the auditorium when they premiered that at, at Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah the theater i was in was just like i think a few of us just looked at each other and went, what the fuck yeah. oh, really? See, <laughs> the, the thing is we 
people just weren't prepared to see that. But it is actually canon that that did occur. Because in the Batman Beyond continuity, the reason oh, right. that Dick and Bruce don't speak anymore is that Bruce got Barbara pregnant. Whoa. So that isn't the, that's the Bruce Whoa. Tim Cornell, uh, canon. Well, I, I guess that makes more sense of it, but that, I don't yeah, need it. We, we, joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but I, I understand they had to put something in there, but maybe not that, you know, because it <laughs> killing joke isn't really long enough itself to make a a full length movie. So yeah, they had to put some kind of prologue part. on there. But yeah, maybe it didn't have to be that exactly. It's a tough one. Yeah. You know, you take those shorts and you want to go feature. I, I mean, I get the allure of that but yeah i mean like even when we're talking about batman movies now and stuff like can we just get paul dini to write one mm. yeah uh, you know? like he he showed what he could do not only in the animated series and the comics but the the first two arkham video games he wrote the stories for yeah rob if you're gonna start playing the batman game start with arkham <laughs> asylum because Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, those are written by Paul Dini, and there's that's like playing the animated series. Yeah, and I ain't got time for that, but I <laughs> like <true. laughs> exactly <laughs> like I, I just too, yeah, knock on wood, you know, we're pretty busy now, and you know, it, it, it'll be because my career right now, it's like Netflix and HBO Max, it'll be interesting because the thing that what I do, what I work on. Usually the budget in the past has had something to do with the box office success, right? Mm. Like I've been hired on movies and we've started and then the director's previous movie comes out, didn't do well. I'm oh, unemployed. Man. Like the next job just got yellow light. Wow. So I'm curious now because like I'm working on a really, what's going to be a very popular character film on Netflix um, you know, like Netflix is trying to hit the check the boxes. You got HBO Max with obviously they're getting more of more of a following. Um, but you know how you, we don't know the returns and we don't know the cash and subscribers. And how does that turn back to like the producers? And like, does that affect the budget of those of us like me below the line that work on these films? It'll be interesting to see as the theater becomes less of a factor because even when people go back to the movie theaters i don't think it'll be like it used to be like i don't think that movies are now going to be like banking on like we need to crack 250 opening weekend yeah yeah because that used to be the t-shirt that's the meme. Mm-hmm. it only made 110 failure it had a holiday five-day weekend what mm-hmm. okay i mean that's how movies were judged and like i said i've been with my toolbox told to go home that that movie we are going to make isn't going to happen now because they just released his other film. I mean, it's weird. It's kind of like what happened with BVS Justice League, right? Yeah. Like Justice yeah. League, they, they started the movie. They were shooting three weeks like after BVS came out. They got cold feet, and then they just, just now are rebounding. Yeah. Like they put too much emphasis on the – now, I don't know how box office versus apps. I don't know how the returns affect like my boss and the effect shots or Jose and Ironhead. Are they still going to get the same kind of budgets and time? And where's the money coming from when it's for an app versus that theatrical release? Yeah. Like I haven't read that kind of information, but it's 
it's got it like you know the cash has to come from somewhere yeah and yeah. that that lends me to think that a lot of these movies are still going to require the theater but I know, there, there there's some big budgets going into things like if you think about the the production size on like hbo shows now like oh, look yeah. at but by, by the by the midway point of game of thrones every episode was basically a movie you know with mm. the 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 number of people in it the the effects and just how big everything was that's 11 million an episode yeah they're just going big wow. and uh what the, the the thing that uh <laughs> hbo is doing right now is uh hbo is doing a live action series of the last of us video games uh that's shooting over here in canada and they're saying it's wow. going to be the biggest production ever done in canada and Man. we we have a lot of shit shot over here too. Yeah, yeah. Like they're saying a, this HBO show is like going to Hollywood. be the biggest thing. Yeah, it's they're pushing their chips in. Yeah, it'll be just be interesting to see, like you know, because like right now, that's I can't help but think that that's part of like you know we talked about like the DC universe, and because of the Snyder Cut, the popularity, the fans, the money, does it create enough cash? to influence a continuation to start up quickly. Yeah. Because if it was in the theater and it made 750, like, you know, when you get those big box offices, uh, they start the next one pretty damn quick. Yeah. Like Aquaman 2, that budget is going to be huge because it made a billion dollars. And they're starting now. Like, you know, you got Shazam coming and then you got Black Adam, separate movies. And, you know, like The Rock is pretty much self-explanatory. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it's uh, like so when you know you could drop that in the theater and they'll do both. The only thing about the app versus the theater, it's like maybe they shouldn't do it the same day. Yeah, I think for a while we might see uh, a lot of you know it comes out in theaters and then a week later, like that's what they're doing with uh, Zach's Army of the Dead. That's out yeah. in theaters this week and it comes right. on Netflix next week. It'll be interesting to see how that does. Yeah. I had a lot of friends work on that one too. They're pretty excited. Yeah. You know, he seems to be in a good place. So it's good. Yeah. And, you know, fellows like yourself that, you know, you guys were supporting the, the hashtag, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, for a long time. Like, the, the, was it a subway story? Right? Man, that's <laughs> yeah. so wild, man. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah. How we got wrapped yeah. into that. It's so crazy. It's a great story. But yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, that's, it, it it would be nice. It's nice that we got what we got. It would be nice to see more and we'll see what happens. Cause I've tried to figure out those people in charge before and it's, it, it hasn't worked out well for me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, I, I hope, yeah, I, I hope that they're starting to realize that um, like you said, you know, there's things that people want to see and they'll pay for it. So why not give it to them, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, like even in the flash movie, like I'm not sure if the plans are to, actually have Keaton in a cow or in a suit. But the idea that if you got him in a suit for five seconds, you know, nerd explosion. Yeah. That's all. I know they'll probably have him and then behind him, you'll see like a collection of suits and such, but you know, like there's are little things where it's okay to we're like, Hey Mike, 
we know we've been talking about money or on the project, off the project, on the project. We really want you to put the suit on. It's going to be, you don't have to fight. You don't even have to move. Even if your neck doesn't turn, we apologize. Just stand there and look badass for like two minutes. And then that's that. Yeah. You know, I, I have, they, 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 they could have him do nothing more yeah. than sit in the back cave and reveal that he is mentoring Batman beyond and they can use that to launch a Batman beyond movie. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't know if Batman beyond has a big fan base, but it's as big it? as it's ever been right yeah. now. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the things that I saw, uh, I might've mentioned this on the show just uh, in the last couple of months, I, I had completely missed this happening, but at some point his first appearance comic book went from being like a $40 issue to being like a five, $600 issue. Holy shit. Yeah. I got to check my, I got to check my rack. It was that, uh, it was that six issue miniseries uh, was his first appearance, but uh, yeah, but with how big that is, the, the animated series of Batman beyond had a resurgence uh, lately and uh the next you mentioned white knight earlier the next volume of white knight that sean's doing is a uh, batman beyond story oh cool yeah you know and so, so I, perfect that's time. that's another guy that you know out there like the elseworld kind of tales i'm so glad that they're embraced you know like yeah. i i really enjoyed like those years where they just explored those different ideas and they were just fine with it you know have different looking batman have different stories and does this one link with that one no, no like it's, like it's you know thing what sean murphy's doing it's like you know again i'm hoping like the ripple effect it would be great to see like more disconnected canons and and just if there's an artist and he's got a story to tell let's see it and i'm i've always hoped that they would turn that like into the film and TV world as well. You know, I'm waiting, like, especially when I saw Daredevil on Netflix, you know, I was kind of like, I can totally see a Batman show like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. We've been asking for that for years now, uh, either a Batman like that or a Catwoman series like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just like those, are, like you guys were talking about, like a 10 episode, you know, if HBO is the platform and they want to compete with Netflix, uh, you know, and if they learned anything from their investment, it seems like it paid off for the Snyder Cut. You know, you just have to keep the momentum going because next year the Snyder Cut won't matter as much as it does now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, HBO likes to follow up success with, you know, something else that to, that picks up where that left. They're already shooting the Game of Thrones prequel series. Yeah, I got friends working on that one too. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it's. I, I like like the more work, the merrier. Different worlds, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. I just it, I've always been, you know, like I talked about even with the comic books and the crossovers. I you know I like things all neat and tidy and like let me just pick this up and read it and nope, how does it end? You got to buy that other magazine. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's like that in the films too. You know, I have friends that aren't necessarily comic book fans, and they're like, well, what's that one? I'm like, well, didn't you see the first movie? They're like. Do I have to watch the first movie? I can't watch this. Like, pause the movie. Let me explain something to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the filmmakers, like, sometimes you got to take that into consideration a little bit. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so 
Oh, oh anyway. The, the, here's the thing we got to do for the lightning round. Uh, okay. We need you to leave a question for the next guest. I was going to say that. Oh, shit. Did Cammy yeah. Garcia leave one? Shit, I don't know if we asked. Did we do a lightning round with her? I can't remember. Let's, put, let's just yeah, say I, we didn't. I, so, I, don't, I don't feel like we got one from her. What's a, what, oh, yeah. So what's a question you want to ask the next possible guest we have on, which potentially, I believe, if, if it works out correctly, <clears throat> it will be Robin? Hopefully, hopefully Jared, but who knows? It could end up being Richard. True. So somebody that has BVS. Yeah, somebody that that has either come before or after you in the process, which is pretty awesome. That's a tough one. That's actually like when I listen to the other people that have been asked that question. Now I understand why they pause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, either Richard or the artist. Hmm. I don't know. It's a tough one. I know silence on the air. It's deadly. We edit out all of the silence. Well, we edit out our <laughs> silence. We'll leave your silence. <laughs> it makes you seem <laughs> my, my, my re- <laughs> contemplative, not so exactly. good an answer. Um, let's see. Like Richard's for a stunt. Like if it was Richard. I would say, is there a type of stunt that he hasn't been able to attempt that he would like to? It's uh-huh. a good one. Like, you know, because these, you know what I mean? Because maybe yeah. there's like, I know he's done a lot of hand to hand and been in a lot of creature suits, the werewolf and cabin in the woods, especially my friend Norman that made that for him. You know, he was the bat creature in BVS because he knew Steve Wang from Underworld, where he was an actor and a werewolf. Like he's done a lot of stuff. But that stuntman side of him, other than the creature performer, like if there's, because, you know, sometimes you get safety issues and insurance and we can't put the guy near fire. Maybe as a stuntman, he's like, you know, screw the CGI stuntman. I want to fucking do this. <laughs> well, you know, he's just, he does stunts. Maybe there's yeah. something that, you know, he hasn't done yet and would like to. Yeah. And as far as the artist, he, he's done so much work. Yeah. I, cool. I, I, would, I would keep it simple with Batman, trunks or no trunks. There you oh, go. There okay. Go. That's a good Perfect. one. We'll keep there. Yeah. Man, you know we're going to have to. We're going to have to. Have... The, the, the nice thing about you leaving too is we can just use both of them. <laughs> yes. Sure. When each of them come up. Right. It doesn't matter sure. who's next. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good right, one for right. both of them to answer. Or, yeah. They're good, because you know both both are worthy. You know, yeah, Richard's sure. a good guy, and, and he works fucking hard. And he's also one of those guys that, when people watch the warehouse scene and all those things, they don't realize it's Richard. Yeah, you know, it, like we're good at what we do, and we just do it behind the scenes. And it's nice when you get recognized. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But you got to be careful though, because he's bat chats like this one. Like when Reeves and I talk, we talk for fucking hours, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to bring both you guys on. At the same time, just to sit back and let you guys go off, because I think that's, that's <laughs> stuff to hear. Um, we're yeah, definitely. Gonna, I mean, we're going to have to have you back regardless, yeah. because, like I said, man, yeah. I was talking to these guys. I'm like, we're not going to be able to. Like, we're going to scratch the surface of your work, and we're probably going to go bad heavy. But there's so much more that you've done that it's like impossible to do it in one episode. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have to time we're gonna have to time it up so where we can do something like that and have you back because um, 
Yeah, dude, we, we could go yeah. a full four hour Zack Snyder BVS cut if, if we weren't careful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was good fun. I don't get to talk about the bat. I know it's long, but, you know, you no. guys do a good thing. You know, like I, said, I, I yeah. like following. It's, just, it's crazy, the guys that you have on. You guys trip out on that sometimes? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it does still happen. Yeah. Like, even I think if we just look back at some of the things that we've done, uh, some of the people that we've ended up having on the show, they think, what? We, we had Todd McFarlane on the show? Yeah. Paul Dini. Right. I mean, like, dude. for a while, we, I mean, we, we pretty much like Bermejo, some of the, some of these guys, like, they know, like, whenever they want something announced, they'll just like, sometimes they hit us up. So that's even crazier. You know, yeah, so. especially as a, a not just like fellows that do a podcast, but a bad oriented thing. And it's like you have the who's who and not just of this era, but like having the Conroys and the Deanies, even if it's just part of the intro or whatever. It's like just hearing their voices. It's like, man, that's fucking cool. Yeah. 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 Big, and yeah, like we, we've had Tim Sale on. We've had Marv Wolfman. Kelly Jones. Yeah, a lot of craziness. I, I, the Kelly Jones annuals are my favorite. Yeah, yeah man. It's, <laughs> yeah, so that's insane that, that the, the fact that we get to say that is And he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. All right. We have a standing yeah, I, appointment. I, I, I absolutely love that. And you know, the, the funniest part too is like, I, I feel weird. Like my younger self, I did not like his artwork just because I, I don't think it was, it was too different than what I was used to. I'm the same. Yeah, I was too scared of it. I, I, I thought it was too scary. So I stayed away from it. And now as an older person, I'm like, yeah, I revisit it more than I revisit the other, you know, I'll read Gotham after midnight before I'll read year one, for instance, just yeah. because I kind of want, like, I'll, I kind of want to look at his artwork. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love that Wrightson feel because I grew up, you know, looking at a lot of Bernie Wrightson artwork and that, that scary Batman movie I want. There it yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, I, I wish we could have had Bernie on. Yeah. Mm. He's I, I met him. He worked on a couple of films at Candy. He came in and designed on The Mist. Oh. oh cool. That's where I got to meet it. Like he came, he did most of his drawing at home. And I also know his son, um, John, who uh works in and out of the industry. He works at KB on occasion. He's a sculptor. Um, yeah. You know, a nice kid, and his dad would. You know, when I met him, I'm like, yeah, I know you're Bernie's son. And your name's John, but hey, it's Bernie's son. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, your dad was awesome. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's just it was that horror part that you know because we had creepy, eerie, and like horror was such a big factor of the '70s. And then it, I, I'm hoping that the scary comes back in the Batman. Yeah, we're gonna tangent. It's gonna be another 60 minutes. <laughs> i oh, appreciate man. being a part of this fellas i do hey, we appreciate yeah, it was, it was a blast man it's a blast uh, yeah yeah i know it's like there's more stories and anecdotes but maybe yeah. you know tom you're close dude you know once everything opens up a little bit and we get back to some kind of normal uh we can get together and have a beer and talk music too dude. hell yeah man I'm, I'm i'm all chipped up so you know i'm i'm good to go it's like <laughs> i, I got yeah. that uh, I got that yeah, chip, I, so they're tracking me wherever I go, and you know, so I'm good. Well, good. That way, if something happens, they can help me out. You know? <laughs> 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 it's like hit the locate. I just touch the button. It's like yeah. there it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rob. But, well, hey, yeah. man. Again, this is this is a blast. Like you know, and and uh, as fans, we're we're the guys that when we see your work on screen, we're we're the ones who appreciate it the most because 
you know, it's awesome to, to know that like there's fans on the inside, giving the fans on the outside what they want. So there's a few of us. It, yeah. The best part is like guys on your side and whoever is listening to this, it's like, reach out, don't be shy. Cause that's the thing that like, you know, when Sean Reeves and I, when we became friends, it was before BBS. And the funniest part was during BBS, he wanted like, I see him at monster Palooza. We'd go have a beer. He's like, so how's it going? I'm like, going well and he wants to ask but he doesn't but those of us that work on it we want to talk about it and those that we work with don't yeah so fellas like yourself like you know when you want to talk about it yeah I, random texts emails i don't care you want to do this again and even for the podcast not for the podcast i don't have to like my friends make fun of me they say batman blah 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 you know don't mention batman you won't shut up Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey that's why we have that, that's how this started is is we just we weren't recording for the first couple of months after a while we were like i'm pretty sure like we should probably do something with this this is too much fun other people will like it and that's right. where we are like years later yeah well thanks man it's been really cool it, i've enjoyed it i know it was long but no it was fun to talk about the best we we expected that and i just wanted to make sure we were respectful of your time because um you know we knew it was kind of with we we were glad to at least have the opportunity to ask you as much as we did so like i said man if you're down for more then we got more always always there's <laughs> always more antidotes yeah yeah and you know and then we'll just keep our fingers crossed and hope for more bat fleck exactly because we're getting them in the flash and you know and you know like i said it's like you know i just i'm hoping because and even like in justice league even if i don't get to work on it i don't care because the guy's good. The guy likes the character. Like he's one of us. He's a comic book fan. Yeah. So you want to talk about one of us on the inside? How about one of us is wearing the fucking cowl? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's just the straight up easiest way to put it. He like, he's a comic book dude, and he's Batman. So that's fucking badass. Yeah. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. Um, you have yourself right. a good rest of the weekend, Thanks, right? Guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, we will. I'll be in touch. We'll nice meeting you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, awesome. thanks, dude. It goes the same. same yeah, we'll be definitely in touch. Hi, Rob. All right. See you, Robin. Later, man. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.